It's funny, right? Um, it's funny because he was investigating their connection to Russia. <laughs> but, but we're meant to forget about that. <laughs> Don't bring him into this. You leave Harambe out of this. <laughs> Papa bless. Welcome, boys and other boys. Are there any girls out there? We want to know. Where are you, my darling? As a woman, are you uh, good? Hello, welcome to Big Dank Toke or whatever we're called. Big Dank memes. Uh yeah, Big Dank memes. No, uh, no memes. I am. I am no memes. McJohnson. I am. What's a meme, Watson? <laughs> is this memes? No. No. But what it is, is a bunch of stuff. Read the table of contents for this week, you handsome swine. Also, help me God, I will place a pleasure stick into your fun hole. We're going to be talking about new audiovisual teasing treats from the It movie and Blade Runner 2049. What happened to the other 2048 Blade Runners? I don't know! Uh, quality of the jokes, ladies and gentlemen. This is the quality of the jokes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh yes, tune in, tune in! Buy a t-shirt! We're going to be talking about rumbling developments in the land of TV for Judge Dredd and Deadpool? What the Jiminy Crickets? Hellboy Returns? Question mark? But how? And where? And we're gonna love the alien. Oh, nice. And that's all before we get to your emails. Of which there are many. There are many to this week. We've had burgers and coffee. Explains oh a lot. My so, days. um, what is first, you handsome man? The man with the face of a handsome flan. A flan that's sentient, has grown arms and legs, and can walk around and can think about content on a podcast. I'm a flan man, and my face is jelly. His jaw's made of pancakes. His arms are, um, are jam rolly polies. No, his arms are swirls. My arms are swirls. My, my arms are swirls. My fingers are dairy milk cake bars. And his torso <laughs> is just a basket of Terry's chocolate oranges. Just on reduction from Christmas. Let, let, just a structure yeah. made from Terry's chocolate oranges. Not with the boxes. No. A structure of closely knitted spheres. <laughs> Pinned together with matchmakers. And instead of chocolate legs... Chocolate orange ones, no. Not chocolate mint ones. No. Because they're the devil. The very devil is Actual there. devil. And instead of legs, he just does quality street tins with curly willies wrapped round like caterpillar tracks. Oh, I'm, I'm Bertie Bassett. <laughs> there was an advert when I was a kid that used to terrify me. Because it was Bertie Bassett. It was like someone takes a licorice all sort and he said that they turn into Bertie Bassett. And the person with them looks at him and they just got this mute, smiling Bertie Bassett grinning where their friend used to be. And like the existential <laughs> horror of it just chilled me to my childly core. <laughs> it was horrifying. Uh... <laughs> I used to be terrified of the head from Art Attack. Because uh, a creepy head. A creepy ass head. Creepy ass Well, did we know it was telling the future? It was from the future. It was a footballer's bust from the future. Come back in time to haunt us. 
He's just scamming, huh? They warned us. They knew and they warned us. Why didn't we listen to Art Attack? Um, so, Damn you, Buchanan. In the last you couple, knew too much. In the last couple of days. In the last couple of days, we've gotten to see a little bit more of the forthcoming uh, adaptation of Stephen King's it. It what? It. Oh, right. It. The It Crowd. It's a sequel to Office Space. <laughs> uh, I'll be down. I'll be down with that. It. Um, get down. No, uh, so we got to see a, a, a good old <laughs> chunky clip of, of the kids interacting. It's fun. Um, yeah. There is some very nice pan... Pan... Patter? Patter. Patter. Patter and banter. Pants. Pants. Some nice pants Some nice going pants. on. Nice pato banton going um, on. Yeah, and sort of just... Yeah, we <laughs> Nice see, patio. We get to see a little bit more of Pennywise just being... <laughs> super creepy. Just with all the balloons stacked in that triangle. That inverted triangle of balloons. Just, just not even being... Disturbed by the by the breeze, don't even see the top it's, of it in the shot. It's like it could go on forever. Uh, it's balloons all <laughs> the way down, um, or up, as it may be. Um, balloons everywhere. Yeah, just that movie looks. I'm I'm really excited for that movie, and I've, I've got confidence in its uh, in its tone from what I've seen so far. Especially now, I've actually seen a bit of the kids interacting, which yeah. is the biggest panic you get. Panic. Panic's a strong word. The biggest worry you get. The biggest terror. The biggest, the biggest terror you'll get in the depths of the night. The creeping terror gives you such a fright. And the flesh it crawls off your bones. But don't worry, these kids are all right. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like they're pretty good. That's the end of our poem. We've seen Finn Wolfhard, who you see a bit of as Richie in this clip, uh, in Stranger Things, so we know he's got chops, and it looks like the other kids have as well, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm confident for this movie. Hopeful by Jingle. However, another movie that is still an unknown quantity, quantity, unknown quantity. Although we've not, <laughs> now we've seen another bit of it thanks to his first official full trailer. Yeah, is Blade Runner 2049. Did anyone ask for this? Yeah, apparently lots of people. Apparently, since the yeah, 80s. people want a Blade Runner sequel. <laughs> I was fine with the movie being what, but yeah, but it. I mean, visually, it's very arresting. Mm. Uh, but ha- having seen Arrival. Which is uh, Denny Villeneuve, the director's last film. Yeah, um, you would expect that. Have you seen it? Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on it's, plane, which oh, was a terrifying place to see it. It's it's just wonderful. Cause I, was, and, I was just waiting. For, I was waiting for our plane to just bang into a giant pill in the sky. Did, giant, you, did you like grey pill? I liked it pretty much right up until the end. I liked the end, but I, I sort of felt like the movie was coasting on a really cool concept throughout. That then it couldn't end. <laughs> Traditionally, it couldn't. It couldn't end. It had to end more traditionally with sort of like a here's a denouement, here's a, yeah, a bit yeah. of a twist, sort of. It's not a twist, but you know, like a thing that makes you go, oh, okay, la la la. Uh, I just, yeah, I think I was enjoying the whole. Oh my god, we're watching a film about translation and communication. Yeah. So that the ending jarred with me because it was like it wasn't about that in the same vein. If that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. I could see. I could see why it was cool. I don't know. You really, you really dug it when it came out. I really dug it. Yeah. Um, you, you dug it hard, son. Real hard. It was also nice to see Jeremy Renner being given a role that was a role. Yeah. He actually, like, had, where he actually had, had some stuff to, to do. Play, yeah. yeah. That's why nice. Um, <laughs> and Amy Adams is always excellent. Oh, yeah. But so it's the same guy who directed that. Yes. Who directed Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He also directed Prisoners with um, came out a couple of years back with with Hugh Jackman and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Yeah, which I didn't see, but I heard great things about yeah. it. Yeah, oh, I missed that um, one. I did want to see it, actually. But yeah, no, it, it, so uh, it, having seen Arrival and, and what you can do with that concept, I'm intrigued to see what you can do with the... Well, again, what's already got a very established visual style because of Ridley Scott's... I think I know why it waited. Because Blade Runner has got, a, in terms of especially like the cityscapes and everything, has a very unique design all its own that has inspired lots of other people since. I think the reason we've had to wait this long for a trailer for a move for for a teaser because essentially this is a teaser trailer, like for a movie that's out in October, yeah, is because of Ghost in the Shell. Because Ghost in the Shell's visuals were very familiar when it came to like the landscapes and everything. Yeah, cinematic Ghost in the Shell. I think it was waiting for everybody to wait for that to go. Is it done? There's no more trails for it. Great, here we come. Because uh, I was saying earlier in the year, like Valerian and, and Ghost in the Shell, their cityscapes were sort of very Blade Runner esque in the trailers, yeah. like, a bit more, bit more sunlight than you expect from like Blade Runner. But you know, it, it was. I think they've waited for the dust to settle on the other futuristic landscapes in promotion, and then they've gone right, we're back, bitches. And then that's a fair bet, yeah. And they dropped the music in there, like like the musical stains from the original. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah very that, that present. Angelus score. And you've got uh, Harrison Ford, old cranky Harrison Ford, yeah, playing either definitely not a replicant or a replicant who has found a way to sustain himself. We'll have to wait and see which ending counts, mm. which ending matters, unless they play it in such a way where they leave it ambiguous, which would be excellent. If they, they could do that, that would be phenomenal. But I, I, I think they'll have to answer it, especially because there's um, a conflict of thought between Ridley Scott. And Harrison Ford. Mm. Harrison Ford doesn't believe Deckard is a is a replicant. Ridley yeah. Scott does. Yeah. So and um, and Ridley Scott's the producer on this movie, um, so he is involved. Um, but as we the, know, you don't get Harrison Ford involved in properties he's already been a part of unless he gets a say. Or it's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, that too. <laughs> well, like Force Awakens, you know the only reason he said yes was because they went, "We'd like you to be in it. Don't worry, it'll be your only one. You get killed off." Yeah. That's probably why he went. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm up for this. I'll take the paycheck. I'll be Han Solo again for for nine months. That'll keep me in planes for a while. Because <laughs> I keep crashing We're not them. plane insurance and lawsuits. Yeah. So. Oh, God. That'll, that'll pay for the repairs. Um, no, I, th- I think Visual Leaders looks really interesting. Yeah. Jared Leto's creepy yeah. scientist looks... It'd be nice to see him play a good villain. Yeah, because, you know... As insufferable as Jared Leto is, yeah. in in particularly in in promotion and and in and his and his persona, um, he is a he is a he is a talented performer. There's no denying that. You're right. He's my least um, favorite persona. <laughs> I definitely I'm all about Jack Frost. If I feel if I'm feeling particularly spicy, maybe even Black Frost. Um, I can't remember what mine's called now, but she looks like a, a an Italian uh, an Italian. She looks like an Indian sitar player. She's my most powerful one at the moment. Excellent. Can't remember what she's called, but she's really good. She's damn fine. Got some fire and ice attacks. I'm very very keen on Neko Shogun. Bless you. It's a warrior cat. Oh, God. It's literally a cat in, like, Samurai Arbor. I can imagine. With the back banner and everything. Like, proper Dynasty Warrior style. (laughs) On a scale of 1 to 10, would you say it was very cool or very cruel? Very cool. Very cruel. Very cruel. <laughs> um, so two films we're pretty psyched about. Two films we're pretty psyched about. Um, and some interesting years. rumbles from the world of TV. No, don't do this to me. Don't dump thoughts on my mind. So apparently... I have bills to pay, good sir. There is a Judge Dredd TV series in development. Ah. I sense that there is a PS to this. Called Judge Dredd Megacity 1. 
Yes. Being co-produced by I Am Global and um, the folks over at Rebellion Publishing, who published 2008 AD and own, own the character. There's been no mention so far of it being a continuation of the 2012 film Dread, starring Carl Urban. But it is in development. Right. That's all we know. Okay. Now, to test if this news is exciting or not, I have a Judge Dread fan in the room with me. Uh, please state your name for the for the jury, loud and proud. Um, I said loud and proud. Oh, Lucy. Loud and proud, loud, madam. What do you want me to say? I've been dragged in. Say, say it like Captain America in the 50s declaring he's entered a room. I've not seen that. No one what has. What are you talking about? I don't know. Pretend you're the crimson chin and say Lucy. Oh my god! What are you talking <laughs> about? Know. I'm okay. confused. I love, okay. being, I love being dragged into this. I'm in my pajamas in my kitchen. You didn't have to say that, but that's on the record. Uh, okay, now so they know. Now you know. So Lucy, you're a Judge Dread fan. I am. We have found out that a TV series is in development. Yes. Is that good? Uh, yeah. Do you want to know what the title is? Go on. Judge Dread Mega City One. That's all right. Yeah. Might not be a follow up to Dread. That's okay. Is it? Yeah. Does that make you happy or sad? Or in between? Uh, in between. Well, I've, 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 not, I've had enough time to process it, if I'm honest. That's cool. <laughs> is it new to you? Is it overwhelming? <laughs> That's cool. We just thought we'd dump it on you at like, um, Bernie Sanders seeing that clip of Trump admitting Australia was a bit of hellcat. Oh, but I can't laugh like that. <laughs> I need something really funny like that. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> Thank you very much there. Our Judge Dread correspondent, Lucy, didn't get a Crimson Chin reference, but bless her eyes. Uh, sleep well, Is it madam. Carlo? No, that's what I'm saying. It might not be Did for not Dread. Well, that's just no. disgusting. See, that would suck. It would should it? be Carlo. It should be Carlo. He is. He is. He is Judge He's the what, Dredd. sorry? He is the law. That's how you should say the word. Sylvester. <laughs> Chris, are you ready for a Judge Dread TV series? Yeah, I am. But I wish I wish we'd have a confirmation that it was attached to Dread. Who's it, doing it? You though? look ready. Who's doing it? <laughs> nice, <laughs> nicely done. Nice. Who's doing it? Uh, we don't know. We, we do we know the producer? It's being co-produced by I Am Global, which is a TV production company, and um, Rebellion Publishing, who, who own and, and, and publish 2008 and the Dread, Dread Magazine and all that yeah. stuff. So. That's all we know so far. Seem to do quite well. Don't That's we? all we know so far. Yeah, we don't know about any anything about network or time slot. Just that it's in 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 development. It doesn't mention Sylvester Stallone. It doesn't mention Sylvester Stallone. Oh no, no. <laughs> it's um, probably a really good thing. While we've got you here, our resident Judge Dread expert, could we mention the next story to you as well? Yeah, okay. The next story uh, about a returning franchise, albeit not in a way we were expecting. <gasps> Right, so Matt, lead us in with your beautiful thoughts. I want to watch the face of this lady, the lady who treasures above all else this thing. About, about a month ago, we got news direct from the Del Toro's mouth, Uh-oh. direct from the mouth of the Minotaur himself, the, yeah. the portly, jolly uh, Portuguese Father Christmas troll. of fucked up nonsense. Yeah, every, everyone's favourite um, Krampus, um, <laughs> Guillermo. Del oh, Toro. I was trying not to spread my coffee laugh. Oh, okay. I loved, I loved Guillermo Del Toro's so He's amazing. Um, I, I, I want him to be my granddad. 
Um, I want him and George R. R. Martin to be our joint custody grandfathers. Yes. I don't, I don't think you order that old. He's just, he just looks no, like No, but it. like, they look like they'd be um, a hilarious gnome-like couple. Gnome. So good. So good. Um, Gnomeo and Gnomeo. Where for art, though? So we're not getting Hellboy 3. It's not happening. No. It's not happening. This was confirmed uh, about a month or so ago, wasn't it? We got the confirmation. It ain't happening. Even though just before it, Ron Perlman was involved in like a social media. Go on, let's see if we can get the studio to be interested. And then Guillermo was like, I don't think it's going to happen. Apparently, it was a case of him not being able to get the budget. Like, it just couldn't get... So, studios not not putting in, not Not, committing. Legendary, I think, wasn't it? Take my money. Take my money. Shut up and take my money! Um, (laughs) But no, he wouldn't do it. So, we are, in fact, getting a movie reboot. So Hellboy does Hellboy. have some money put to one side, but it wasn't being given to Guillermo. Tentatively tight, tent- tentatively tentacles tightened. Rise of the Blood Queen. Okay. And directed by Neil Marshall. Now, who's Neil Marshall, and what has Neil Marshall directed? Do you know the Muffin The Man? Descent. Yes. The Descent. He directed. Oh. The Descent. Oh, shit. Horror do, director. Do you know The Game of the Thrones? Yes. He's directed some of The Game of the Thrones. Okay. HBO TV's The Game of the Thrones. Let's see what else Neil Marshall 13 on. episodes in 2016. He's gen- he's generally well regarded. <clears throat> he's generally well regarded. Um, he's, a, he's a British guy. He always directed Dog Soldiers. Oh, snap! Yeah, which is a, which is a great little uh, yeah. great little horror. Um, what else are we looking at? Uh, he did. He did. He did an episode of the last series of the last series, the first series of uh, of Westworld. He's been. He's done quite a bit of like genre TV, like a bit of Westworld, a bit of Hannibal, a bit of Black Sails, a bit of Constantine, a bit of Game of Thrones, the Doomsday, which is very well received, but I've not seen. Um, he's dipped a toe in bits and pieces. Yeah, but, so just, but just... he's definitely he definitely veers towards horror and genre stuff. So let's just quickly run this by the Hellboy fan of the Hellboys here. How do you feel about that? You're not getting a continuation. You're not getting a final chapter of the Ron Perlman, Guillermo del Toro, Katara trilogy. But they've ponied up the cash somewhere to do a reboot. How do you feel about that? You get another Hellboy film, but it's not That'll the be, team that brought you the others. That'd be interesting. I was not a massive fan of the second film, to be honest. Freak. The first one is amazing. See, Chris, both you and I prefer the second. Yeah, no. we like we prefer the Golden Army. No. Troll Market! Yeah, that was awesome, the but market. it was also a little... The design of the Golden Army. I don't know. It Creepy was thought bit... work, man. Are you going to let me talk? No. Yeah, no. He's not. No, yeah. he's not. Yeah. Anyway, no, I... Anyway, I, I prefer the first one. But I love Guillermo del Toro. I love, 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 love him. So I'm a bit sad that he's not involved. Do you love, 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 love Ron Perlman? Love Ron Perlman. Right. But he's not involved. He's not involved. Which is, now, the fact that the film's got a subtitle does suggest that it could maybe be in the same series and it's a franchise reboot as opposed to maybe a reboot. Ah. However, ah. Omens. Co-writer. Yes. Cosby. Yes. Says that they're looking to uh, make it an R-rated movie. Okay. Okay. So we're looking at a a hard 15. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe an 18. Um, and he's not really talking specifically about the story, but he does talk about they want to make it a darker and more gruesome version of Hellboy. They want to walk a razor's edge between horror and comic book movie. 
Okay. Which is, and which is what it is. That's what Mike Mignola does, mm. and Mike Mignola's also involved with writing the script. Oh, okay. He's a tiny genius. He's so. a tiny genius. He's so we, adorable. We met him, didn't we? He's and small. I talked about the weather with him, because that's what a normal person does. You had a very British conversation with him. Good grief. Now, I'm so embarrassed. here's the last bit of news in relation to this movie. Okay. New Hellboy film means new Hellboy. I don't believe this has been confirmed. This has not been confirmed, but apparently he is in talks. That was the story as of earlier this week. We're recording this episode on Wednesday 10th, so things could have changed. I'm going to look. I'm going to, I'm going to double check to see if anything's appeared on his uh, IMDB page. IMDB. <laughs> you know, the most... The most <laughs> reputable source for movie news. Yeah, I don't have done it really just yet. But yeah. rumoured that yeah. we're going to be looking at David Harbour of Stranger <laughs> I Things. I thought you were going to say David Hasselhoff. Da- <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a totally different yes. In a complete career 360. <laughs> 360. We, uh... we could be looking at Stranger Things as... David Harbour as Hellboy. <laughs> Who's... He's the sheriff in Stranger Things. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he was the little boy who was he dead. Was the little <laughs> He's the dead little boy. <laughs> He's the dead little Hellboy. He's the boy with no front teeth. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be Hellboy. He's oh, the lamps. God. He's all the lights oh, that we have on the riders. He's all the lights. <laughs> 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 Oh, boys, all the lights. Oh, justice for Bob. So, uh, you're, yeah. You're a funny man, aren't you, Jones? Nope. So, David Arbour as Hellboy, what think you? Yeah, I'd have to see it. He's got a Perlman-esque sort he's of got a big face. physical and he's tall shape. And and everything, yeah. I'm going to be sad that it's not Ron Perlman. I- I'm more sad that we're not finding out the third and final Listen, chapter of that story. Anytime, it, any time, no matter what I'm watching... Every time a character that I've not seen before makes an entrance, I'm always slightly sad that it's not Ron Perlman. <laughs> Doesn't matter who it is, what the character is, what I'm watching, what the circumstances. Every time a character appears on screen for the first time, I'm I, inside. I go, oh, it's not Ron Perlman. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain because he's not Ron Perlman. <laughs> he's not Ron Perlman. But how do you react when it is Ron Perlman? I smile just. Keeps. I just. I'm like. Oh, that's, that's Ron cute. Perlman. You need to see Pacific that's Rim. That's Ron Perlman. He's in, he's in Pacific Rim and he's great. Is he's he also in Police Academy Seven. Shut up. He's a Russian. He's a Russian terrorist who um, has a plot involving um, addictive Game Boy video games similar to Tetris, but starring a Russian bear. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> no. Yes, he's in Police Academy Seven: Mission to Moscow. It's the plot centers around terrorism and, video, and addictive video games. Oh, of course it does. Really pushing the boat. Of course it does. Oh, but they push the boat in Mission in Police Academy Five, Mission Miami. Wait, you know them all so oh well. Oh my god, this is kind of worrying. Do I sense a big damn love on the horizon? <laughs> I I think love is a strong word. Big damn purge. to describe my feeling towards any of the Police Academy movies. Do you know what Michael Winslow would say to that? He wouldn't say he wouldn't anything. Say anything. He'd just make noises. <laughs> 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 They just make the family fortunes buzzer. I think. Sometimes I think we should. Sometimes I think we should have called this podcast "Making Noises." <laughs> That's all we do. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Well, thank you for being our Hellboy Stroke Dread Barometer. That's okay, Lucy. Would you like to tell everybody where they can find your crafts online? At its current address. Oh crap! I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's called? Great sales pitch. Sugar. 
what's it called? Lucy, it Lucy underscore crafty underscore crafts. I'll get it. I'll find oh, it. I'll bloody find it. Hold on. 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 What cute little things do you make? Tell us your cute little things. I make cute little mermaids. Cute little mermaids. Cute little bunnies. Cute little bunnies. Um. I can make things on the quest, really. I can make it up. If you look, if you look for Lucy's underscore crafty underscore crafts on Instagram, you can see some examples of her work. Um, you should do a Hellboy. Shall I give you? That's great. I, my, no, my biggest aim is to make a big daddy. Oh, snap! But I want to make him out of fabric. Okay. But <laughs> I'm going to give you a live little preview. Hold on. Could oh, you, oh, could snap! You, could you make me a homunculus to carry out all my misdeeds? <laughs> a cloth homunculus. But touch not the monster's flesh. <laughs> Can I give him commands? And etch my orders in his flesh. That, Hillary, is an homunculus. He's not finished. Let's have a little look at this. This is beautiful. <gasps> I've made this pattern myself. This is beautiful. He's nowhere near finished. His face isn't This is beautiful, mostly because you lot can't see a damn thing, oh, but we can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we can do. So good, right? That's amazing. His mouth is good. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. For people at home, Matthew is observing Lucy's underscore crafty underscore crafts. Mr. Meeseeks. Mr. Meeseeks. That is pretty sweet. I, I'm. Um, mm, mm. <laughs> that's so awesome. I'm quite impressed with it. I said, I said, uh, <laughs> I said it was precious in one half of his portrait. She <laughs> thought it was clever. Yes, yes, I like, I like this work. Back to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'll take. I, that. All right. I just can't stop looking at it. It's, it's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> his little shiny eyes. It's funny you're giving him beads that make his eyes shine like I'm a cartoon. The, I'm gonna put the white on. Oh, you know, if you ever in need of a woolen plumbus. <laughs> what do you do with a plumbus? I don't know, but I always make sure to um, keep hold of the spare schleam to repurpose for later batches. So that's always a, that's always a winner. Well done. Thank you very well much. Our special done. correspondent and salesperson, Lucy's underscore crafty underscore crafts on Instagram. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy! Join that me seeks. <laughs> So what have we got now, Matthew, with your eyes and dreams, before with your we, scaled we, thoughts? Be, before we move on to um, <gasps> the dark nightmares that dwell in the cold distance between stars. Um... <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. Um, one more little bit, the tidbit of, of, of TV news. Oh, tits. You like Deadpool. I like Deadpool. You want more Deadpool? I want more Deadpool. You want, some more Deadpool. Deadpool. You want Deadpool on TV? Who said that? What? 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 You want some Deadpool on TV? I wouldn't be against You've it. You've got some animated Deadpool, co-created by Donald Glover and his brother, screenwriter Stephen Glover? Um, everything you're telling me points to yes. Well, uh, As long as it isn't for kids. You're getting it on FXX. So not for kids. We're talking Family Guy slot. That kind of time. Subsidiary of 20th Century Fox. A first season of 10 episodes has been picked up. And it is Green to, shit. And it's expected to premiere <laughs> next year. Oh, ah, now, we talked about this briefly before we record, because, uh, believe it or not, people, sometimes we do talk about what we're going to talk about. Oh, yes, and sometimes we talk to each other when we don't have to. Yeah, sometimes, right. sometimes we rub up against each other. We just rub right up against just each other. Pounding it. Just 
pounded it. Pounded it. Um, uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, but we were chatting about this, and we were like, oh, I wonder who's going to play Deadpool. They will already have recorded it. You or reckon? they'll be in the middle of recording it. If it's due to go out next year, they've already started work on it. Do you think um, it's Donald Glover? I wouldn't be against Donald Glover no, voicing Deadpool. Donald Glover. He's a great comedic actor, so it'd be a lot of fun to hear him play that role. But at the same time, it'd be a shame if it wasn't Nolan North who's been like playing Deadpool in a, most of his animated appearances, including the video game. Oh, I don't think we need to worry about Nolan North's career, Christopher. <laughs> Hey, he's busy voicing everyone in every video game ever made. No, no that's Troy Baker. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, Troy <laughs> Baker is the ones that he doesn't get to. Yeah, no, Troy, the other one. Troy Baker's busy voicing every character in every Japanese translation ever made. <laughs> oh, you, you you encountered Kanji in your Oh, Kanji's in yeah. my party now. Yes, he's so good. <laughs> Kanji's in my party. Get banned! <laughs> Um, Kanji joined us in our weird trying to pick up girls' numbers competition. Yes. It was odd. Yes. Um, so that describes everything that happens in that game perfectly. We'll talk about Persona 4 at a later um, <laughs> Yosuke is such a gay panicker. He's, he's such, such a homophobe. Such a homophobe. <laughs> but in a, way where you, in a way where you can imagine the Japanese writers didn't even think it was homophobic. Oh, no, no, no. no it was just, not. oh, it's charming that he's awkward around gay people. It's no. like, it's kind of awkward. It's definitely homophobic. It's really horrible. But at the same time, he falls into bins, so I guess that's karma. The point is, the first like three times we meet him, he falls into bins. I think we've strayed far from the point here, Chris. We never strayed to... Well, if anything, it's like Deadpool. We're breaking up into tangents. Speaking of Deadpool... See what I did there? I sort of brought it back. I have nothing but contempt for you. Oh, thanks. Have you left it in the box? Someone shut that washing machine up. (laughs) God. Gurgling at me. I'm up for a Deadpool adult animated series. I think that's quite cool. Um, question, will it be set in its own little thing? I hope it is. Who knows? Do you know what? I hope it is because then we'll get Jeff the first version. Jeff um, executive producing because he basically... is across all Marvel TV. Everything Marvel TV, yeah. Um, I hope it does a reverse Ultimate Spider-Man because the Ultimate Spider-Man TV series has had a couple of episodes with Deadpool in, voiced by someone... I don't think it's Greg Sipes, but they're trying to do a Greg Sipes impression. Hmm. And... He's irritating as sin and doesn't work. Deadpool shouldn't be in a kid's cartoon. He just shouldn't. It doesn't work. He becomes he becomes wacky in that sort of, you know, U, U slash G certificate sense. Like, he's just... In the way know. that he's often presented a, a lot at the moment. Put it this way. The Deadpool you meet at comic conventions who keep trying to hug you that's as much not, as you want no, them to get the hell not. away, that's the Deadpool that appeared in Ultimate Spider-Man the animated yeah, series. that's not... That's not, that's not what you want. Um, but... I'd rather have, like, Deadpool a la Hulk versus and the Deadpool video game in an animated series. And if that's the case, I want it to be in its own continuity. Him acknowledge that he knows he's not Deadpool, he's the Deadpool of this animated series. And I want a bunch of the heroes and villains of the Marvel Universe to appear in it. Like, not all the time, but occasionally. Because you can get away with putting them in these odd situations. Well, because def- kids won't be awake watching. I would have thought you'd definitely get X-Men in it. Especially with it being Fox-owned. Oh yeah, well, I I hope they can work it out, especially with Jeff Loeb being involved. I hope they can hash out in a way where they can just use from the broader Marvel universe, or at least reference the stuff yeah, that they're not yeah. allowed. To. Do you know what I mean? So like, he can talk about Captain America existing, but you know, you don't necessarily have Captain America in it. But I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to squeeze out a Spider-Man episode based on the just, recent team up series and everything. Force it out. Just force it right. Just, just squeeze it in. Just thrutch. What? Just clench. Isn't that your favourite band from the clench. hair metal band from the seventies? And release. Thotch. Um, Is it Thotch from? I can't remember. Thotch. What? Thotch from um, Brian Pern. 
Oh, God knows. <sighs> God knows. You excited um, for that, though? Not Brian Pern. No, no. That, well, that ended last month. But, yeah. I'm always excited for a little bit of Brian Pern. Oh, baby um, cakes. Ah! Who isn't, really? Um, <laughs> the Dragon Riders of Pern took a really weird, really weird turn when the latest miniseries was just titled Brian. <laughs> Brian Pern. Um... Obscure think... fantasy series references here on the Big Damn Cast. You don't get them anywhere else. Um, especially, especially tied in with BBC Four comedy exactly. series references. Exactly. See, I'm linking, I'm linking all our audience bases. Um, Tell you that. <laughs> so, what's just around the corner for us, Christoph? Um, probably a subpoena. What are we going to see in two days? <gasps> ah! By the time you hear this, we'll probably have seen it. Yeah. When you listen. Uh, we are going to see Alien Covenant. How do you feel about the Alien franchise? I loves me some Alien. Um, but the the more I'm exposed to Alien, in terms of the various versions, the more it sort of puts me off. Which is How so? Which, I don't know, I think... Um, I don't mean overall, but I mean, I like it... I like the minimalism of those first two movies... Mm. I don't think there's anything minimalist about that second one. Oh, no, movie. The, the se- this, no, no, no but, but the second one racks up to a thousand, but the second one is definitely a sequel to the movie Alien. And Ali- but Aliens is its own movie, but it's a sequel to the movie Alien, and it's about people trapped in a scenario with a horrible, deadly threat. Three feels like a weird retread of all that to less of a uh, successful payoff. I have... Four mm. feels like a drunk cousin who stumbled in and decided Four to get involved. Four is a weird movie. Prometheus feels like it's trying to be lofty about the whole thing and forget the other stuff as though it's not worth talking about. Yeah. And now we're about to get a sequel to that and a prequel to the original. That is, do you know what I mean? It's one of those where I'm like, I don't know if we need more Alien because I love what we've got. However, I am excited for Covenant. Now you, on the other hand, you yeah. you you would sit in a room full of facehuggers and let all of them impregnate you. Every hole, mate. Every damn orifice. Every hole I've got. Even um, even the the uh, the mystery extra hole one behind the knee. Even the mystery extra hole. Dirty bastard. Yes. Um, he loves you some alien. Loves me some alien. Um, <laughs> I am a staunch defender of the idea of Alien 3. Not am, yeah. the execution. <clears throat> yeah. I might add. Yeah. That is a that is as a big fan of David Fincher as a as a director. I think that could have been a really really interesting movie that was butchered by the studio. And if you've got access to the work print that is in the Blu-ray set, which is as close as we're going to get to his original cut, it does fix. I say fix, alleviate, shall we say? a lot of the problems that the actual film that made it to the theatres um, had. Alien Resurrection is a mess. <laughs> um, With some genuine talent behind and oh, and in front of the so camera. So much talent is in that movie and involved with it. 
and it's just a mess. It is a state. It, I, it's so I think odd. It's, it, I think it's a quite enjoyable mess. You can have fun with it, um, but it's, but it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. Um, <laughs> but you know, Joss Whedon was involved in the script. John yeah, he, he wrote like he the early a, screenplay of it, yeah. and and uh, who was the director? Jean Pierre Junet, director of Amelie, a delicatessen. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, and other bits and pieces. You know, he's got an, he's got an eye for the bizarre, and his visual style very much came through in Alien Resurrection. Whether it fit the Alien universe, I don't know. I don't know. Great but, description. Uh, does it fit? Does it fit? <laughs> if it doesn't fit, then like a face hugger, force it. Um, <laughs> and also, you got like he's got Brad Dourif in it, and it's got uh, Ron Perlman. It's got he's got fucking Winona Ryder in it. It's like, come on. To be fair, Winona Ryder, at her probably laziest, she's pretty terrible in that movie. Uh, She's at that point where, like, publicly she was sort of in a weird place at the time, like, in terms of, you know, like, celebrity and everything. It got weirder after that. But, like, you could watch that movie. If that was the only time you'd ever seen Winona Ryder in a movie, you'd be like, yeah, she seems a bit crap. Which sucks, because she's uh, great in loads of other things. I think she's fine in that. Um... (laughs) But yeah, that movie's weird. I mean, she's pretty emotionless, but maybe that was the point. It wasn't. She was an auton. She was an auton. She's an auton. That's weird. But <laughs> I, I am also... <coughs> Sorry, I just um Coughed up, Christopher. <coughs> Better out than in. Well. Um, I'll have to have a new mirror paste C-section to get this out. <laughs> that is the best scene in the whole movie. <clears throat> if, if Prometheus had just been that scene, I would have walked out going, that movie is incredible. Prometheus is an incredibly frustrating movie yes. because it's full of great ideas. Beautiful visuals, wonderful visuals. editing. Yeah. Like it, it's... Well, no, I would argue against <clears throat> wonderful editing because the oh. plot makes no sense. So narratively, oh, no, I, 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 the editing yeah. falls apart. Yeah, yeah, completely. Okay, yeah, I could agree with that. Good show. Um, but Kept terrible characters. Just... Yeah, not poor, poor characterization. Probably with the exception of David, mm. I would argue. But a lot, um, a lot of the characters are saved by the actors until you get to yeah. the stuff that they have no control over, which is the character's destiny and just run yeah. in a straight line. <clears throat> My God. You well, tell you what, let's duck to the side. As we're no, going to talk about Alien Covenant next week, line. in full review, this week let's let's so let's bash through the Alien films. So we're going to talk Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. We'll briefly talk about AVP and Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. Because there's not much to say, there's really. Much to say, and also, they're not canon anymore! Uh, then we'll talk about Prometheus. And I, I, I want to um, blast you with a little bit of my journeys into the Aliens' expanded universe. I want you to open your egg and clamp on my face. Yes. So I'll do Which is the most devious sexual act anyone could do to a Gremlins 2 fan. Clamp on my face. Yes. So, uh, yes. <clears throat> I started the Gremlins, uh, started playing with the Gremlins Lego Dimensions characters this week. And it's adorable. Not in the game, just, just got them out I of the box. I just fiddled, like, fiddled around with them. It's weird. Frank Welker and Harry Mandel have forgotten how Gizmo and uh, Stripe and Gizmo sound. It's really strange. Oh. They've recorded new dialogue for it, but it's like dialogue? Why are they speaking? Yeah. Stripe says sentences. It's really weird. But uh, I'd love for, I'd love for the xenomorph to pop them in like a dimension. <laughs> it never happened in a million years. No, but uh, imagine that thing yeah. running around and tearing Lego, apart like flying monkeys. Um, <laughs> Lego Lego will not touch our rated properties. Nah, it damn it. <clears throat> the closest we may ever get. Well, the closest we got 
It's not R8, but The Dark Knight. They did sets of The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the closest that they came. And Red Dwarf is apparently one of the um, Imaginex Imagine oh, fan sets yeah. that is going to make its way. Yeah, I think that would make it. Um, so that's the closest they ever got. Uh, but yeah. There's always Mega Bloks. It'd be funny. Yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, if Connects were still around, Connects would do a kick-ass like alien, like the, like a six-quarter scale. No, like a, like a three-quarter scale alien would be cool. Like a alien, Bionicle alien. I made a predator out of Bionicle. Bionicle is Lego. I made I know, but slightly different. I made a predator out of Bionicle. That's because all Bionicle look like predators. Yeah, but I gave it dreadlocks. So alien, good sir. <clears throat> Thoughts. It's a fucking classic. It's amazing. What do I need to say about alien? I could tell you something weird about Alien you might not know. What? Uh, in year eight in high school, we had to pick a movie to talk about in music. Pick a movie. movie to talk about a music lesson and specifically talk right about the score. And I just oh, got yeah. I just got the Jesus. Alien book. Yeah. Uh, well, I just got the Alien quadrilogy. Well, it wasn't the quadrilogy box set. It was, but they did them in individual releases. And W. H. Smith in Eccles. Oh yes. We're doing it two, been, two for twenty pounds on Fox DVDs. That would have been Legacy, the Alien Legacy box set, which came first. Oh no, this was the uh, when this is when the quadrilogy box set came out. They released the films individually as well. Oh, two I, see, I see, I see, yeah. <clears throat> so basically, you got everything from the quadrilogy apart from that ninth disc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the quadrilogy at this point was this is when DVDs were at like you know their their sort of their height. They were the common home media. So the quadrilogy box set was like ninety pounds. Yeah. These individual ones were in the two for twenty quid at W. H. Smith. Oh. So I picked Alien, Aliens, Predator, and something <laughs> else. I can't remember what it was. But I picked up another twentieth century Fox movie, Daredevil, director's oh, cut. Oh God, Daredevil director's cut. So I picked those up, and then eventually went back and spent like some more pocket money on Alien Three, Alien Resurrection, um, just for shits and giggles. Oh, it was just them, and then Predator Two I was going to get, but I waited for the special edition because I remember getting that especially, and I was really chuffed with myself. And now years later, I'm like, oh my god, I was chuffed to own Predator Two. The Predator Two is great. It is, but come on, that's the that's the conversation when you're spending we'll have... your when you're spending your pocket money. That's the <clears> conversation <throat> we'll have when the Predator comes out next year. Oh god, I know, right? Oh, I'm actually really excited about that, but um. Yeah, so, Alien. I picked Alien. My teacher was horrified. Because I was 13. And I'm picking Alien. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't I thought about see, that. I can see how they would be horrified. <clears throat> I hadn't thought about that. I was just like, I want to write about that. And she sort of sat me down and she was like, are you really sure you want to do this? Because like, I'm not sure I... I, I... She obviously felt awkward she was like, how do I say... You know, if someone says, oh, can I see you marking or whatever? Or, you know, whatever. I feel like one of the students did Alien. She was worried that obviously someone was going to say to her, like, could she you has, tell them to not do that movie, please? She has no control about what you, what you watch. I know, but it's that whole thing of everybody's, like, worried about if someone's going to get them in trouble or something. Yeah. I'm, I, oh, God. I regretted it almost instantly because I watched the director's cut first. Ah. No, I'd seen, <clears throat> I had seen Alien on Channel 4 about a year before. And that's yeah. why I wanted the DVD. And the director's cut, has next to no music in it at all. Mm-hmm. So I had fuck all to write about <laughs> for my report. I managed to do it, and I got a, uh, I got an A. Yeah. Did you not just then watch the theatrical cut? No, I. There was music in the last third of the director's cut. Oh, okay. There's a lot of silence in there, but they use music more effectively there. So I talked about that. And I talked about how the lack of music. Uh, lack of incidental score actually helped with the scenes, Even... and, and I basically made my my homework piece about how. Music when you sparingly, yeah, and even in the theatrical, I, I love that. I got a lot of silence. I've got a great a sound design. I got a great mark for writing about fuck all. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of great. atmospherics <laughs> yeah. as opposed to incidental music in Alien. Well, I think 
it's not it 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 wants you to feel isolated. It wants you to feel the isolation. Wink. Um, it wants it's a haunted house movie in space. Yeah, yeah. So it wants it wants you to feel like any second you hear a floorboard creak, or in this case, like a steam pipe, like a, ve- a valve or a vent let something out, or hear something tap against the metal. <clears throat> it wants you to feel like you're alone. So the slightest sound suddenly make you go, "Oh shit." Yeah. Like, there's something else there. I mean, at first in the movie, there's a lot of sounds because it's just about showing you, the viewer, in the Stromo. Yeah, there's the all these establishing shots, the hallway and the, the you know, the, the, the stasis pods and stuff. And It's a great movie. I mean, that, let's start there. Haunted House movie in space. Mm. It, it's sort of a slasher flick meets a Haunted House film because mm-hmm. it's one killer bumping everyone off one by one. But it's also got that supernatural vibe to it because of the look of this thing. Like it looks yeah. so unearthly, it, it, and, and even though it's, it's become so influential, um, that it's almost uh, what's the word? It's everywhere. It's, <clears> it's, yeah, it, it, it's a, that's an icon now. Well, film, um, films in general, then, especially yeah. horror films, it opened up to using more surreal and, and disturbing designs on things because up to this yeah. point like movie monsters for example unless they were sort of the stuff coming out of Japan were very traditional like they were you know person in a mask or person with fangs or a wolf man or things like that or this is yeah, yeah I mean obviously the, like B movies the alien stuff in the 50s and the 60s yeah. became a bit more odd and creepy and oddball but ultimately they were always there were always blob of some kind or person in suit yeah this time they were like, we want something. We want the horror of Alien isn't the monster; it's what the monster does to you, mm-hmm. not just in the last stage throughout its entire life. They like the, the the true horror of like to put it bluntly, the true horror of Alien is rape. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's much. what the movie's pretty about. Much. It's about being violated. It's about being used, and that's all the stages of its life: the egg, the freaking face hugger that has a vagina with a penis in it that claps to your face. Yeah. And it, breeds with you and sticks its seed in you and you use it as a housing you hatch it and then the like full grown plane. thing is killing and collecting people to do it again all yeah. over again yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's like it's horrible so they went to H.R. Giger who's a fucking excellent artist who just created odd things his, his like, most famous um, sort of pieces were like Necronomicon which was sort of based on Lovecraftian yeah. themes and things like this and he was all about techno organic penis um, landscape yeah it was like cocks and, and Tits. Cox and, and bumholes. Yeah, cocks and bumholes, vaginas and tits. Yeah. The complete works of H.R. Giger. And bones. Uh, so and... many bones. <laughs> All the bones. Just uh, bones and boners. But it lent such an odd design because, again, the ship is like, it's it's very human. It's it's like a factory. It's like, you know, great metal grated floors and yeah, pipes and steam and, and clean work surfaces and the habitation, the habitat areas, like the. Like the the lounge and the lab and the kitchen. The Nostromo the... design harkens very much to the Star Wars sort of used future aesthetic. Yeah, which is great. Again, he said he wanted to make it look like... And this absolutely would be a movie that hadn't been made if not for Star Wars. Yeah. Because... Or well, certainly, um, at least not in this way yeah. as well. Like, yeah, it probably would have been... Because Dan O'Bannon and Ron, and Ron Chusey were trying to shop around the script for years before it got made. And it wasn't until Star Wars came along that Fox yeah. were like, yep, yeah, <clears> I love that. We'll do it. By Jingo. Yeah. But the lived in space thing is such a great idea. Because again, up to that point, people didn't do that. Star Wars does it, but like it was all clean ships and futuristic looking. I mean, look at you know obviously things like Star Trek, like the Enterprise and stuff like that. That's that's a, a mission, a team that goes out and yeah. explores explores galaxies and planets. And, These guys and, are space truckers. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's exactly. It's, there's no presentation to it. No. They're going from A to B. They're shipping stuff. They're mining stuff. They're moving this, that, and there, and the other. Like that's that's what all the people in the alien films tend to be doing. They're just going from A to B, doing a job, and and suddenly you throw in this otherworldly thing. And it's great because there's, they don't even really sort of treat it as like, my God, there's an alien on board. It's like, the fuck is this? Yeah. What is this? There's like, it's, oh God, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, you'd shit yourself I'll, if you were on the Nostromo. I'll describe it for you'd you. You'd shit yourself. I'll throw it for you. What you need to do is, yeah. you need to go to our YouTube channel this Sunday. Yeah. And you need to have a watch oh. of what's going to go up on Sunday. Oh. Oh, I'm sure I will love it. Yes. Hint. I'm sure you will. Hit this weekend is Matt's big dumb love. It's all about alien. So, um, spoiler alert! Yes, so, there you go. It's going to be great. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great! So, well, Alien's great. Alien. Aliens. Aliens. Aye. This time it's war. <laughs> Actual tagline. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. James Cameron came along and was like, that's great. I like that movie. I want to make a sequel to it. I want to make a war movie. I want now, to see what happens when you take a bunch of soldiers and you go up against these creatures, but there's loads of them. Oh, and they get their ass kicked. Yeah. I'm going to make Vietnam in space <laughs> with bugs. Not only that, first film, first film's protagonist, as it turns out, because she's not the main character in the first film no, until no. the last sort of 20 minutes. Everyone everyone watching it in the seven, in 79 when it came out would have been expecting Tom Skerritt to be the hero. Yeah. Because he was the most famous actor in the cast. Yeah. Um, but Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley like, is, halfway the, is the only survivor. Yeah. Like, I mean, <clears throat> you know, everyone that all kicks off when John Hurt has a baby through his rib cage at the dinner table. The first man to ever give birth on screen in cinema history. What a weird thought. <laughs> um, oh, God. At least it wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins. So, not no, Twins. Junior. Junior. The same thing. Danny DeVito's in them both, right? Man, the are very sensitive. Oh, Christ. So... Are very sensitive. Nuts. I want my Larry! <laughs> my nipples! Oh my god, Guys, the Galaxy 2 is a sequel to Junior. Oh no! It's the nipple trilogy. Sensitive nipples. <laughs> you did a DVD box on sensitive nipples. Um, <laughs> the sensitive so, nipple collection. So Ellen Ripley survives the events of Alien. It's not born! Oh god. Ellen <laughs> Ripley survives the events of Alien. Softcore. And comes through to Aliens. So you hear about the James Cameron pitch and you think, oh hang on, how does she fit into that? really fucking well as yeah, it turns yeah. out Ellen Ripley goes from being the survivor like the very capable survivor but the survivor nonetheless of the first movie's events and becomes the freaking like team leader of aliens like she's not in charge but she's the she's the whole because the basic premise is isn't it it's like you've been through this we're sending down our men down to this colony yeah. where we think it's been overrun with the thing you dealt with you are the only person who has seen this thing up close and survived. We need you to like be there to advise them, to talk them through it. By the way, you're all probably going to die. Best of luck. Damn yeah, because go. also running through all, the, all these films and all these stories is the idea that the the, the company, Wailing Jatani, wants to get their hands on one of these aliens and do experiments on it and... In in the first movie, you get that wonderful moment where she's she's looking on the computer and, and it says, uh, "It's the, and it's the special order nine three seven of um, 
acquire sample, return it to Earth, crew expendable. Yeah, because of course, like, Ash is the revealed yeah. android character in the first one. Like, we've got robots in this world, which again, is treated as normal. Yeah. Obviously, it's a shock reveal to them when they They're found like, out that Ash was an android. Like, oh my god, he's a robot. Not... It's a fucking robot! It's yeah. like, oh, he's a robot. Yeah. Yeah, that's the weird bit. Not that... He's a robot. Yeah. But he is a robot. So Ripley's pretty damn wary when it comes to the second one because she's like, what is their, what is their deal with all this? Like, why do they want, do you know what I mean? It's like, we should just yeah. wipe them out. So she, cause she like goes down sort of with the intent of like, I'm going to make sure that they kill them all. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, oh, that or get the fuck out of there and leave them to just sit there and have no one come near again. But Wayland Yutani, are they named Wayland Yutani in the first one? I don't think they're named in the first film, are they? They're not. You see the logo, yeah. but they're never actually referred to by name as Wayland Yutani. But yeah. you, you do see the, the, the. I think it might be named in one of the captions. I'll have to double check. Mm. But in the second one, they're very much present. She's also now wary of androids because of Ash, which is a shame because one of the members of the team is sort of the technician and, and um, medic and everything who's, who's Bishop. Yeah, who is uh, who is an android himself, played by Lance Henriksen, and he's absolutely freaking brilliant. Yeah, because Lance obviously Henriksen's the first great, one, yeah. the first one, Ian Holm has to play an android that we don't know as an android until the reveal. In this one, Lance Henriksen is playing an android we know as an android from the start, so yeah. he plays it slightly eerily, like he's not. You feel you'd feel very uncomfortable being in the same room as this character. Yeah, so, he's yeah. well-meaning and he's pleasant, but he just seems a bit off. And it's great, because that's obviously there to help fuel the thing. It's just to make you as a cinema go and go, oh, the last robot was bad. Maybe yeah. this guy's a bad when's guy gonna, too. When's he going to turn? When's he going to flip? Yeah. Not at all. Bishop's one of the best characters in the whole series. Yeah. He's, he's great. great. Um, so there's that too. But also, like you said, up the stakes. We've got a bigger cast this time. Yeah. At least at least a bigger cast that stick around longer. Big on Talk us through some of the Marines. Who have we got? Oh, so many great. Uh, <laughs> we've got... Um, <laughs> Michael Bean, <laughs> resplendent from his uh, from his Terminator <laughs> triumph. Um, oh, actually, this he wasn't the original cho- casting choice for Hicks. They had they started with someone else whose name escapes me. Ah, the old um, Nemeskepsmas. Yes, um, <clears throat> lovely man. And it didn't work out. They got like a week or so into filming, and he got fired. Oh, and they were like, "You um, got Eric Stoltz did." Uh, did James he? Cameron um, to, wrote, reached out to Michael Bean, was like, "You want to come be in a movie and save it." And then he comes in and he, and he just gives in like one of his best performances yeah. and creates a really memorable character. Um, uh, you've got uh, Vasquez is the, oh, the badass the badass girl. Uh, the, the badass she's amazing. Operator. Basically um, the biggest guns on the team. Yeah. And I mean that in both senses yeah. of the word. Yeah, she's got um, <laughs> Jeanette Goldstein, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. And she... <laughs> it's a great gang in the movie where they're, they're ribbing at each other about aliens. Because she's uh, she's um, Latin American, and uh, Hudson played by the late great Bill Paxton again, yes. just a wonderful role. Um, <clears throat> also returning from Terminator, albeit in a much lesser capacity. Yes, Terminator. yes. <laughs> exactly. She's she said alien. He thought she thought they said illegal alien and signed up. Not only is that a, a gag at her Latin American heritage, also a gag at real life. She turned up thinking it was a movie about immigrants. To oh, the audition. Shit. So she was like super feminine. Yeah. And it was like, and but she was auditioning for this hard ass, like. Oh, God. So how, how, not, did they, how did they break that to her? Goldstein is like at all. No. Like, how, not, how did they break that um, to her then? Just I like. Don't know, uh, I don't know how that uh, audition went, but. You, I mean, she got it, wrong. so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Hudson. Um, all, all the Marines are really memorable characters, and that. And. It's an it's an immensely quotable movie. It's one of the most quoted movies of all time. It's just got great sort of 
um, gung-ho dialogue from these. And as everything goes to shit, just watching them fall apart is wonderful. It's like, they just get decimated by these aliens that have no weapons and you've got all these guys in their armour hiding behind, <laughs> you know, these pulse rifles and smart. The, the hardware in this film mm. is almost fetishistic. Yeah. The way that you, the way that, um, every, the, every the possible, every time you ever played cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers, yeah, yeah. like every time you ever fought an alien as a kid running around playground, like pretending to shoot at each other, every possible gun you ever could have dreamt up is not only like realized, it's improved upon oh, man. by the freaking like, like the rifles. The, the pulse just, rifles oh. become one of the iconic weapons of sci-fi. It's beautiful. It's yeah. got like what? It's got like three three main settings, is it? Like three of them. Uh, I might be wrong. Like... Sure. It's got several, but it's got like grenade launcher built in. No, it's got it's got no, it's got it's a, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's, yeah. a it's just a rifle. Yeah, and it's got the gun on grenade launcher. But yeah. then what happens later on is Ripley takes a flamethrower and tapes it to. That's her. it. Yes. So she has that. She's basically got two <clears throat> guns taped together. Yeah, and just goes on a fucking rampage, and it's awesome <laughs> because um, Ripley gets stuck in. Like she, oh, she yeah. sort of gets over the initial oh shit, I'm well, terrified it, of this, and just goes. Because she has an extra motivation. Well, basically, well. The, the idea is that a colony's been established on the planet. Yeah. Um, Ripley was drifting in space for 50-odd years in in, space, in stasis. Yeah. So she gets woken up and she finds out there's a there's a colony on the planet. Um, but the, co- the company don't believe the story about what happens, so she gets made redundant and she's scraping out a living. She, so she, she gets taken on as a specialist on this mission to... To find out what's gone wrong at the colony because they've lost contact. LV four twenty six. LV four twenty six. Also named H H Aron, which is also the river to the underworld in, in Greek mythology. I think. Nice. Um, nice. That's a, a freaking great little. It's bit only of it's only named that in the <clears throat> novel. Ah. Not in the novelization. And I think some of hmm. other supplement. They never say it in the film. <clears throat> But in like all the other, like supplementary material, it's it's, it's, it's mentioned as that. Well, it definitely is the um, freaking like river to hell. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> um, so especially when you find out what's at the centre. Well, yes. Mm. Uh, and they go to the colony, and everyone there's gone, and it looks like there's been a massive battle, and fucking all all's gone to shit. But they find one little girl, yes, who's a, who's the only survivor, and. Earlier on in the film, you get this whole thing of the idea that Ripley was out in space so long she outlived her own daughter, yeah. who was ten when she left <clears> on the mission that she's on in the original film. Yeah. So she's outlived her own daughter, and then she finds this little girl who's around the same age that her daughter was when she left. Yeah. And you get it's this heartbreaking man in the middle of all this carnage. You get this little family unit start to build with Ripley and Hicks and Newt. Yeah. And sort of coming together as as, as a sort of. Um, a, a, a surrogate family yeah. for the one that she's lost and um, that's kind of the, the heart of the film mm. of her fighting to defend this against all the like new, new 40 miles of is bad a, road as is, James Cameron has described the movie yeah new, just, new is the living example of everything that's dear and needs yeah, to be protected yeah. and preserved that will go if these things continue to breed and spread um, and their relationship is really sweet. Yeah. And um, she has my favourite line in the whole film. It's just her delivery as well, Newt's delivery. It's when she's just sort of like talking about, like, yeah. you're hiding from there. And then when she goes, they mostly come out at night. Men. Mostly. It's just this weird. Also, the girl can't decide if she's American or British. Yeah, which is <laughs> great strange. that she's so good. Oh, yeah. Though. No, it's, it's her great. accent flip flops, but her she's, she's yeah. really good. She's great. 
Um, um, and there's that wonderful shot because there's two versions of the movie there's the actual version which has loads cut out and there's a special edition which I think everyone's more familiar with which is longer and fleshes everything out a lot yeah and especially and you've got that shot where it's her father and mother who go into the derelict ship from the original alien and find the facehuggers and bring the infection back to the colony right and you get that shot Ooh. where her mother drags her father out of the wreckage and gets on the radio yeah and you just see she sees him on the floor outside with the face of running and she Seen she this, starts yeah. to scream and it just gets drowned out by the wind <clears throat> of the planet and then there's a hard cut to Ripley. Yeah, I've seen that version. It's, yeah. one, it's, it's great. Freaking haunting that. Yeah. Oh God. It just This girl just screeching and it just lost amongst <laughs> the wind and she's got this father with a, this crab thing locked onto his face. And then the next time we see any of those characters is, is new running from the marines and they come to the desolation of what's left of the colony you know this shot I think it's just I think it's just the actual one but where you see <clears throat> a shot of two the two guys in the big corridor talking on, on the site before it all goes oh yeah shit. yeah, yeah the two Ma- one of them is Matt McDonald yeah he's, he's the captain, captain from Red Dwarf, Red Dwarf, yeah. Yeah. which freaked me out the first time I saw it because he was, he was someone I'd only ever seen in that so when I saw him in this I was like yeah. oh shit oh my god Red Dwarf is the spin off from Alien yep. that's not but yeah yep. um so there's that. Also, one other introduction to the cast in this film. Um, sort of, well, aside from the aliens looking different because it's a different design, a different sort of strand of Yeah, them. this is where Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Gillis got involved with the franchise. Yeah. And they would... They would be, be linked Because it, next... it was Stan Winston, wasn't it? I think, was still working on this one. Yeah, but and then, they like, were working with him. They, it, was, they sort of, it was Tom Woodruff yeah. Jr. doing a lot of the stuff in suits along. He was like the hero yeah. alien. Because they take, they took over yeah. full-time with number three. Yeah, and they did um, Resurrection as well. And then <clears throat> their work on this franchise is what allowed them to push out and then eventually create ADI, Amalgamated Dynamics, which yeah. is their effects studio. Yeah. And I think Alex and Tom Woodruff are still some of the, the most highly regarded effects. They're amazing. They're uh, a company that in recently. recent years, unfortunately, have had to expand their digital department. Yeah. Which really sucks because they're, they're so good so at practical. But yeah, but, but uh, the aliens are different. They're sort of a harder thing because we, we sort of learn. The games elaborate on it a bit later, but the alien from the first film was a drone. It was yeah. sort of a species designed to kill if, kill if need be, but mostly injure and bring back um, hosts for future future xenomorphs, um, which in the director's cut of Alien, you find that it's yeah. been harvesting some of the some of the crew. Uh, in this one, we've got the warriors, which are basically the ones there to protect the nest, because the other main cast member introduced into this movie is the alien queen. And there, there is some life cycle stuff in deleted scenes in the original yeah. script for Alien, uh, the, and you can see it in the director's cut of uh, uh, the, uh, the idea of the drone takes. These victims and then morphs them into new eggs. Yeah, there's that weird cocooning scene yeah. that with with Tom Skerritt like sort of turning into an egg. Um, Freaky man. It, but, yeah, but it's but, creepy. As all sit as all sin. With the removal of that, they sort of solidify the life yeah. cycle a bit more in this movie because in this movie you find out that the eggs are at least in their purest state produced by a giant vaginal sack that's coming out the back of a giant sort of. 18 well, foot tall it's, alien. It's where they. they with they a massive carapace and, yeah. and big old teeth. And, it's, yeah. where they, it's, it's this point they turn around and, and make concrete the link yeah. between um, 
between the insects yeah. and this alien design, and they make and they and they push them into that insectile territory. Like, this is the one um, where you see them crawling on their, yeah, on, their yeah. uh, on their hands and feet, like scuttling on ceilings. Uh, yeah, it was, what, was it five years. After the tails are the tails are a bit shorter in this one. They're not as long. well. The, the tails quite yeah. short in the first one, but like this in this one, they're they're not as big as they get as the series goes on because no, they're all no. about the scuttling. They've got the they've got the the ridged heads, ribbed for oh yeah, those yeah. ridged heads are great. So because in the, in that first one you've got that this wonderful translucent, translucent yeah. with the skull underneath it, yeah, and then in these ones they've just got those ridged sort of well, the sort of heads that you, that you need to like break through things, yeah, and smash yeah. into stuff. Whereas and in they, the last one it's more about a case of stealth and and stalking. Um, so the queen's beautiful. You get the fight with the power loader at the end. Mm-hmm. Severed bishop, and mm-hmm. the film ends with Ripley, Newt, and Hicks getting away, entering cryosleep, entering stasis in a ship, and off they sail. That is where you should end your your marathon of Alien if you yeah. wish to not have any grievances, because yeah. Alien Three opens with the reveal that not only um, were there apparently eggs on board their stasis, yeah. their, their escape pod that have, uh, or at least one egg. Uh, no, there's definitely two, isn't there? There's at least two. One apparently a queen face hugger. <laughs> no, I think it's again. This is something depends that's on the cut. Yeah, lost in translation of, yeah. the, of the cut because Alien Three has some good ideas. Yeah, but just fucked <clears throat> up the execution, made it to the studio, not keeping the fucking. Well, this, this is where it gets healthy. This is where it gets blurred for me. All we know is at some point an alien, an alien has been implanted into Ripley. During stasis, or just after state, or after the yeah. crash, or whatever, and she then, and then it's a, been implanted in, yeah, in new, and it's a queen embryo. Yeah, um, so it's a new life cycle. So it's almost like the queen's last. Day. It's sort of it's implying, I guess, that the queen knew she was possibly going to die, so laid an alien, a queen embryo, uh, to continue on like the next batch of aliens. And, and, you, and you see in in the which uh, would make sense because the well, it makes sense retroactively because now we know that they were designed to be yeah. Which was always machines. a theory that Ridley Scott had had back <clears throat> yeah. in the first place. Well, it's the perfect killing um, machine. Like, yeah. it's the perfect organism. But, um... If by perfect you mean murderous. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the deleted scenes in the assembly cut, you see that it's a massive face hugger. Yeah, like, big, like, like red t- and... Like, tail... Like, front to tail as tall as a man. Yeah. And, it, and it's capable of applying multiple embryos. It puts the queen in Ripley, mm-hmm. and it puts another one to defend it in... A dog in the theatrical court and an ox, ox in, in the, the assembly court. Assembly court yeah, um, that's that's the one I prefer. The Most assembly court is fast well, because I kind of hate do- I hate dogs being in, in films, but also I like because the, the oxen's like hung up, isn't yeah, it? It's, and it it's, just bursts out yeah. like a like a, a horrific birthing birth sack yeah. thing. Just the, sort pro- of the problem flops with the, out of it. Onto the, the assembly floor. court is that narratively it's a far superior film, but the quality of some of the footage that you've had to salvage. Yeah, there's a great. lot of there's a lot of CG and stop motion in that version that isn't graded well because no, no, they, they didn't there's no it. money for it. And, and there's no Yeah. There was no budget. There was, there was budget to restore it, but I don't think there was a, enough of those original <clears> left. Yeah. Because yeah. David David Fincher was so dissatisfied with the final product that he took his name off it. He was like, yeah. I'm not and it's his first theatrical yeah. release as well. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm done with this shit. And they've they've offered they've offered <laughs> him they've offered for him to be able to come back and and you know reassemble his preferred cut. But he's just been like, nah, I don't, he doesn't want to touch it. I don't want to. I don't want. You see him in interviews. He says that he was glad he did it simply because of the things he learned. 
And the, but, the but, he's not, but, he's not, but he's not happy with it. No, the <laughs> things that he learned were not to trust the studio because they will fuck you up. Yeah. And it's a, it's a film that's got a really interesting... It's one of those films where it's it's really interesting to delve into the history of the production and how it got from script. Because there was so many drafts of the script. There's a really great one out there. We've mentioned this before back when, when, when Charlie asked us about uh, the great things that could have been. There's yeah. a great script out there by William Gibson. Um, which is all set on a space station orbit on Earth, and it's sort of like the, the 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 sort of alien virus going airborne and yeah and, 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 and mutations. Some of some idea, some of those ideas would be revisited in in Prometheus. And yeah, prop, and possibly in Covenant. Like, possibly we've seen in Covenant. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it also introduces the 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 idea that we hadn't really thought of at this point, which is the facehuggers when implanted onto other beings would create aliens that are. Yeah, genetically I think closer to the host body. So we all we all of... thought that oh they do that and they come out and they're these six yeah. tall things. However, comes out of it be it a dog or an oxen, it's a four legged thing. It relies on its on its being on four limbs. Yeah, so it's a runner. It, it's, a runner. Yeah. Uh, it's nicknamed in the production stuff and the merchandise the dog alien because yeah. it sort of is, is shaped more like a dog. It's got a longer tail for balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, its neck is longer. They finally released a really cool action figure a couple of years ago, which I picked up. Um, NECA did one. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Like it's really weird to pose, and it comes with a little stand because they know that the way you want to pose it, it's too top heavy to rely on its arms. So it's got a little clear stand that you yeah. can clip to the waist to sort of give it some extra support. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's, he, it's cool because he come back and redesigned. He did, it, yeah, because yeah. he was very dissatisfied with what they did with the second, yeah. wasn't he? Because he was like, they removed the whole point of it. It's meant to be a, a very sexual yeah, creature. And, 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 and they budget it out. And James Cameron had designed had designed the queen with the yeah. man. I love the queen design. But I, th- I think I think Giga said I think Giga said he liked the queen, yeah. but he didn't like the aliens yeah, 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 in yeah, Aliens. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he he came back to design for the third one, which. Makes sense because in the third one, it's got very feminine, human-like lips in a couple of shots. Yeah, not not realistically, but in some of his designs, it was meant to have like the lips, very human lips, mm. um, which was based on a moment in I think the the, the draft of it where it was meant to sort of lay close to Ripley, the bit where it smells at the sun, yeah, and it doesn't yeah. kill her. Uh, Giger, I think, originally wanted it to kiss her, like just place a kiss on her lips. So he designed it with human lips. Now, they're not like, you know, big plump Jessica Rabbit things in the movie, but they're definitely a lot more human than the previous ones, which are all teeth and snarls. This yeah. one has, like, more defined lips. Um, it's brown, which makes it fit in with all the dingy, <laughs> gross, sort of looking corridors in the penal colour. It's a penal planet. Yeah, I think, again, I think it's a great looking movie. Yeah, like, it's... it's... It, it's it's I mean and it's got again a great cast like freaking who else is in there? It's Charles Charles Dance, Dance is in there, Paul um, McGann's in there. Paul McGann's in, uh, what's his name? Oh, the, the, the big guy who you're yeah. like, who you sort of grow to like him, even though at the beginning they basically introduce him. Oh, this guy's a rapist. <laughs> like, you're not meant to like him, but he's he's one of the more noble members of this penal colony. You know, Charles the noble rapist. <laughs> I can't remember now. Let me look at the cast. Oh, it's God. Awesome. It, Brian it's... Glover. Brian Glover, of yeah, course, he's, yeah. He's a prison superintendent. This is rumor control. Here are the facts. <laughs> so good. It's it's um, it is just. I mean, I mean, it's an uncomfortable movie, and not just in terms of execution. Yeah, Charles has like done. Charles has Charles done. done. It's an uncomfortable. I mean, Christ, there is a scene where some of the members of this because basically she lands on this planet. Hicks and Newt are dead. And we immediately all decide this movie means yeah. jack shit. That's the thing that upset me the most about the yeah. movie. They just they set up pissed what, off. Um, 
uh, Michael, Michael Bean as well because yeah. he thought he was going to be in it until they finally started shooting it and then they get into him with his lightness rights he was like yeah alright pay me as much as you did for the for aliens and you've yeah. got the lightness rights yeah because <laughs> this movie yeah. had been like alien, aliens came out in 1986 and the, the sequel was greenlit immediately because that's this what, movie like seven years between the two of them yeah, yeah this movie didn't come out until 1993 yeah there's a long development on this mm. one um, I mean there was versions <clears> of the script going on without Ripley being involved at all there were versions with her um, like being the main character and it being a bit more like the previous movie yeah. and then eventually it was going to be a monastery it was going to be a wooden planet and which is a, again a really kind of cool idea that you've got the deadliest creature in the universe on like a planet of pacifists like that is a really cool idea yeah, there was, there was... like where they have nothing to defend themselves with and they go with a similar idea to that in a way because it's a penal colony it's a planet of, of prisoners and there's no you know traditional weaponry and X, Y and Z but you know it's it's just some odds. I mean, the, the introduction to a lot of the characters is a scene where a bunch of them try to rape Ripley. Yeah. yeah. Now it shows how how like how not to fuck with that character because in the scene she beats the shit out of everybody and just sort of you know doesn't break a sweat because she immediately is like you lot are fucking you are sick you are disgusting pathetic people and you know what I mean it's sort of normally in a film they'd, they'd either avoid that or they'd take it a different way emotionally in this film they just show a beat the shit out of them and they're moving on and the bit was like she says yeah. the guy says like yeah. he's saying you know like if I sit there will it make you feel uncomfortable and he says yeah so she just sits there and faces him uh. and it's like good like Sigourney Weaver's pretty great in this movie I mean Sigourney Weaver's great in everything yeah. well she's it, always brilliant well should we talk about the next film <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I will not hear a bad word said about Sigourney Weaver in Alien Resurrection. Okay. She's clearly having a whale of a fucking time. Well, she gets that great scene where she like sees all the other clones. Oh, that scene is amazing. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's go to Resurrection because Alien 3 ends with Ripley uh, killing herself to despite, stop, yeah, to despite stop Lance Henriksen appearing as... Charles Bishop the Third is it? It's the Charlie current Charles owner of Whale and It's unclear whether he's the human bishop or a robot or a version robot of him. Sent he gets, to, he gets yeah. hit in the in the head with a with a rod and he's bleeding. Yeah, but the way it look it looks like he's like the flesh of his head has come up. Yeah, like I think I think like that might be a, a human looking animal. I think that's just the prosthesis, the prosthesis yeah, rather than uh, rather than a story beat. Because I thought that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, is he a robot? But then I think he also would have been just on the fucking floor. And like yeah. Out if he wasn't a rock, if he if he was. A yeah, human. good point. So well, she she dives into the lava of the plant and everything. The lead, the, the, the liquid, the molten lead that they trap the alien in. Um, and I think it, I don't think it happens in both cuts. Does it? In one cut, the alien queen's about to burst theatrical, out. Of in the theatrical cut, it bursts out as she's diving in. Yeah. And in the original, what the original idea and yeah. what was in the assembly cut is, it doesn't. She just dives straight in. Yeah. Which is a cooler shot, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the idea is she kills herself because she's like, if this thing gets out, it's going to survive. They're going to either they're going to take it or it's going to like kill them and be on this planet. Or well, it's going to survive. If the company get their hands on a queen, that's yeah, it. it's fucking game over. Well, it was all a waste of time because somehow they managed to clone her DNA from between her getting out of the stasis pod or whatever. Um, and her yeah, dying. Apparently, um, they took it. Is it they, they, they take it they, from they got the blood, blood samples that were on ice from because she gets medical but, treatment there. Like the doctor looks after her. Yeah, so they got the, medical the doctor samples. looks after her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they get Just medical like samples. Dance. And um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, they get medical samples. 
and they yeah. clone her. Yeah. So we cut to again. It's something like seventy years later, something like that. It's a lot. It's like two hundred years later. I said way, way, way. Where Yutani as a company has collapsed by this point. And it's yeah, a, it's a military government. Yeah, have yeah. got a Ripley clone. She's like the ninth one, um, and they have. They've operated and they've removed the queen embryo from her. They have bred the queen. They have raised the queen. They have hatched eggs. They have allowed facehuggers to be implemented on human hosts. They've created some alien drones. They've got them. Yeah. And you're like, way, way. And alien resurrection is basically. Let Michael McIntyre explain the rest of this, Chris. Does he have to? Well, (laughs) he just nearly did. So you're going to have to let him out. I know he's in there. Inside every one of us is a little Michael McIntyre struggling <laughs> to get out. It's because we can't reach in enough to scrape it out. Why? Why is the clone the alien queen in this? <laughs> so, all of a sudden, the cast of Firefly 0.5 show up. Space, space pirates. Basically, space pirates. Because this, also, this, 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 is, this is a Joss Whedon script. This is Joss Whedon. Well, it's based on a draft written by Joss Whedon. And then he was heavily involved. He was heavily involved in the scripting of this film. And if you thought that Joss Whedon's uh, X-Men script was pretty bad, in terms of at least uh, what happens to a two when it's struck by lightning, welcome to the 140-minute long version of that line turned into a film. So basically... Uh, basically. Basically what happens is, Ripley clone teams up with the space pirates, you see. The space pirates are cutting to the middle, like... And they fight the alien. Yes, they do. They fight it. Um, as the military flee, you get one stupid shot where an alien climbs into one of the escape pods and a soldier who's not in the escape pod rolls a grenade along the gantry. Yeah, yeah. It lands in the escape pod and as the hatch closes, it blows up, killing presumably the alien and the soldiers inside. And then he salutes to his dead comrades before an alien's... Um, Tail stabs through him from behind. No, it gets him in the back of the head. And then I guess him in the back. Oh he, god, it's such he, a stupid shot. And then he pulls a piece of his brain out. Because of course the breathe. aliens would stand there and slowly stab you in your head and then watch you pull out your brain. Yeah. What, what the hell's going it, on? Oh, I don't Basically, know. I don't know. the space pirates show up. Uh, they're there to bring cargo or whatever. But it turns out that they were. I think the plan is they were going to be the next batch of people that were going to test facehuggers on? I can't remember if that's implied. Basically, yeah. Well, it's, it's the pirate... Ooh! The pirate crew, which is the crew of the, the Firefly 0.5 captain. Yeah, like um, you could tell Joss Whedon was like testing ideas for some ideas. a bunch of lovable space rogues Basically, in a, in they're, a they're smuggler bringing ship. A bun- they've hijacked a bunch of people in cryosleep and are bringing them to be, that's to be it, hosts yeah. for, the, for the Queen's eggs. But they don't know that's what that's for. They think they're doing it sort of on the side, but they don't know it's about this experiment. They have, yeah, they have no idea what they're bringing to these people. Although one for. of them thinks it is that because one of them is there undercover to find out more about yes. it. Yes. Uh, which is Winona Widers, who is an Auton, which is a robot built by robots. Yeah. So, with the explicit purpose to basically blend in with well, humans in this feature, for various it's, it's things. mentioned that a lot of robot there's been there's much stricter regulations on yeah. on androids because after androids started to design themselves, they started to make themselves more human. Yeah. Uh, they found religion, like she she. She implies that she might have found some form of Catholicism at some yeah. point. Um, and she's and, uh, the Ripley clone berates her for being so compassionate. No human could be that humane. Yeah, it's so um, odd. <clears throat> yeah. You've got black guy with guns. Cool. Stinky looking white captain man. The Ron Perlman one. The Ron Perlman one. I guess you have maybe another boat. 
Weird gurning <laughs> wheelchair fellow. And yeah, all the would, greats. He would Dominic... Um, Who are you expecting? Is. Santa Claus? He's, he's, he's a French actor, that's why he sounds weird. Because oh. he's French. Um, <laughs> well, he plays a lot. Because uh, of course the French director is the director he, of Amelie. He, he works with Jean-Pierre Junet all the time. He's, he's like the leading delicatessen. He's okay, that's cool. I mean, that's cool in that level. That means that he's put him in the film because he's like his mascot. Oh, I, I, I think he's great. He is this number one. Oh, his name's Dominic something. Um, but yeah, there's a basketball scene with Clone Ripley. Which... Where Sigourney Weaver makes a trick shot. And I wonder how many takes they did because it's perfect. They did it in one take. Oh, shut up. And the, and they... Shut ha- up. And you get that moment where um, Ron Perlman turns and he almost looks directly into the camera and is like, what the... F-? And that's an actual genuine reaction. Oh my Sigourney God. Sigourney Weaver just goes, whoomp. And it goes straight in the basket. Oh, God. So you've got Don... Uh, Don? Don? Don Perlman. <laughs> Don Perlman. Don Perlman, bro. Come to me on this. That's his stuntman. Um, <laughs> that's, his mof- that's his mafia name. <laughs> Don Perlman. It, Ron Perlman's genuine reaction to her just, like, fucking sinking it in one. Dominic Pignon. Dominic is, Pignon. Um, yeah, is the French actor who plays Vries in... Um, Alien Resurrection. In Alien Resurrection. He's a French actor who he works with... Uh, he works with Jean-Pierre Junet all the fucking time. He's, he's freaky looking. He's in, in, he's in Amelie. He's in. Uh, he's brilliant in Delicatessen. Um, is he in City of Lost Children as well? Probably. Uh, he's in Mick Max, I think, which is in a, in another movie that Jean-Pierre Junet did recently. Jean-Pierre Junet. Yeah, he's, he's in. He's in all sorts of. He's in all sorts of shit for. Um, Jean-Pierre Junet, he's, he's, a, he's a great actor, but he doesn't do a lot of English language stuff. Um, you dealt this when. Which is, yeah, which is why which is why he sounds so strange in in Alien Resurrection. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, talk about Brad Dourif. What the fuck is he doing in there? Oh, just chewing all the scenery. Just all of it. Just like... <laughs> Getting all up in the uh, in the aliens' faces, <laughs> climbing aboard him, like, climbing aboard like, him, trying to kiss him. Um, it's yeah, weird. He's just full on. Windows. He's just like, full blown sexual as well. Beautiful, beautiful butterfly. I mean, Brad Dourif. Okay, I think it's nostalgia critic in his review of Alien Resurrection. It might be nostalgia critic, but he makes a joke about how Brad Dourif. It didn't like he wasn't there to play a role. Someone just put Brad Dourif on set. Yeah. And let him talk. Like, uh, so these are the lines, Brad, and just do them as yourself, mate. And he's like, "All right, I guess I will then." <laughs> so Which one weird. am I today? Am I the crazed murderer man or the killer doll? I mean, they're the same thing, Brad. Which do you want to be? Can I wear a ponytail? Sure, whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck you want to do, Brad. Can I get my head bitten off by a do you mind? terribly designed monster? Do you mind if I sit in my cocoon today? Oh <laughs> God, he just brought that. Yeah, he just brought it to set. It's not like the the, the cocoon you've seen. Like the the one of the positives I will say about Resurrection is that the, the creature effects have just got this. This slimy, organic, warm, sweaty feel to them, which just makes the all the the visuals of the film just it's the mix. It's the mix of the brown, like all the aliens are a brown tone. Even the ones, even the ones in the cages, as not cages, but you know the the cage, like the holding Mm. cells, 
they look black, but they've got this like grey brown sheen to them. And then there's the ones that go underwater, like the ones that well, swim in, which are like adapted to swim, which implies that like some have been. Bred I don't think to they're swim. adapted to swim. I think I know the, just... the design for those is slightly different than the ones in the rest of the film. I think that might just be poor CGI because mo- the mo- the mostly ah. uh, when you see them in CGI, they're much slenderer. Whereas most... when you see them in the suits, they're a bit bulkier. They're mostly slender. Mostly. Mostly Slenderman. Um, um, so, <laughs> Sigourney but, Weaver's not playing Ripley either. She's, no, she's playing she's a Ripley, Ripley clone. Eight. So she's basically playing evil Ripley. Yeah, so, well, the, essentially. The she's, 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 that... been, she's been given a moustache and a monocle and been told, go for it. Well, basically, the, go for it. the implication is that... The Let's clone... off with Winona Ryder. Go for it. <laughs> the cloning process um, has <clears throat> mixed human and alien DNA on both sides. Yeah. So she's mostly human with a little bit of alien. Yeah. And the aliens are mostly alien with a little bit of human. So which mm. results in, in, in Ripley being able to sense the aliens. She she's got really... psychic superpowers, basically. Yeah, she has she alien-specific superpowers. She doesn't have um, the original Ripley's memories. And she's got a, a slightly more... Um, pragmatic and, and detached personality. She's of uh, course she's got that thing of, of being a clone. So she's 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 a middle aged woman by appearance, but she's not. Yeah, she's only a, a, a few months old. Mm. Um, she's got acidic blood, although not to the degree of the aliens. Yeah, enough enough to um like pick a lock with. Yeah, basically. which she could just like <laughs> she, like her strength. She could just rip the handle off the door. She could just rip the cell door. Instead. Yeah, she's got enhanced strength. Yeah, she seems she's... to be at least somewhat resistant to the aliens' acid blood. Her senses are heightened as well. Yeah. Like um, um, Sigourney Weaver obviously watched the physicality of like Tom Woodruff and the guys working with the aliens and mimics it to a degree. Like yeah. the way she moves her head is is very. She's very I think it's a really interesting performance <clears> by Weaver actually because she's just she's very animalistic in this and... as not Ripley. That's not Ripley. Because that's what we're going to call um, her. Not Ripley. And also, in turn, the aliens get... Well, oh, okay, so what happens is... <laughs> <sighs> a beautiful little baby. The, the queen gets a second life cycle, and yeah. she grows a massive womb. Yeah, because this queen isn't a big, hulking insectoid creature. It's half I mean, of a queen. <clears throat> no, but it's, like, it's just like the head, the neck, and the sort of the shoulders with little dinkier arms. Yeah. Um, sort of the usual tube kind of things shitting out eggs and then a giant pregnancy bump. Well, you only see that later on. Yeah. When, right, you, yeah. when you see a really young woman she's laying the eggs she's a normal queen. Yeah, because she's, she's like in the, she's in that weird cell where you're like, she has no room to move. And she, well, she you get that drink. <laughs> she's not chained up but she has no room to move. She's just get, stood there like, I'm really tall. You get that great tracking <laughs> shot where it's like the opposite of the uh, the the Star Destroyer approach at the start of Star Wars. Yeah, You're just panning out across the massive crest, and it just keeps yeah. going and going and going. Then yeah, you see her later on, and she's got this like this pregnancy bump, and and the newborn emerges, which is, a, which, a, which is a meld of, of human and alien. Looks like if Peter Pumpkinhead saw uh, the pump, Pumpkinhead. Yeah, in it the does film, look like, saw, it, saw itself in a Funhouse mirror, and then did a crayon recreation. Of yeah. it. <laughs> on the back of a cereal box. Apparently, originally also had both sets of genitals as oh, well. Fuck right off. Um, it sort of got something. It has like an umbilical cord that's also yeah. its dick. Well, the that puppet, goes up into a vagina. The puppet the on the set <laughs> had it, and they edited it out in post. Okay. Um, oh, the suit, Christ. I should say. The, the puppet the suit. But that was them. Uh, yeah. That was them somewhere in the dance design stage trying to hark back to Giga and missing yeah. the point of Giga's sexualization of the creatures. Yeah, it the, wasn't the, just the, the here's concept. a cock and balls and a vagina. They, they do lean a bit into the sexuality 
of it, particularly yeah. with Ripley and the scene where she gets carried back to the nest and it also almost looks like she's embracing It's like ladies. a living wall of flesh. Yeah. It's never explained again. Nope. Like, you don't... It never says where that is or... Nope. It's, oh there is a general unpleasant fleshiness to this movie, which I quite like, but... Yeah, it's just not It almost great, feels though. like it should be with a different alien, though, rather than these guys from the Alien franchise. It feels like a different alien could have yeah, used yeah. that. Because yeah. um, these guys, again, it's like the fleshy thing and the sensuality, but these are the non-Giger aliens. They're all jagged and sharp, and it doesn't quite feel right. And then the newborn shows up and makes you go, yeah, they've sort of missed the point here. Now, as far as an animatronic and a puppet goes, it's pretty impressive. It looks mm. scary and tall mm. and lanky and intimidating. But they try to make you feel for it. So it's yeah. got little um, human eyes inside its eye socket. I think it's... I th- yeah, it's and got it's eyes. got a little nose nubbin that little wiggles about a bit. A little nose nubbin. Like it's got the hole that a skull, like the sort of the, the, cal- the concave area where yeah, th- yeah. there isn't a skull where the, underneath where the nose is. But... It's fleshy, like the whole... Because the face is a skull. Mm. But the skull is covered in flesh. Like a thin layer of, of skin and muscle. And there are two black beady eyes in the back of the skull. It's like the back of the eyes, eyes almost. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think they did that on purpose. So yeah. make you feel... F- they they, they, so they try and make you empathise Because it's it. the quote-unquote final boss of the movie. Yeah, it's... it's and yeah. then it tries to make you feel sad for it. And it has like the little concave where the skull is. And where the little point normally would be at the bottom of the nose hole. It's got a little flashy point that wiggles. Yeah, it wiggles. Like a puppy's nose! While it's sniffling and it's sniffling and, and it's snuffling. It, its head is long but attached to its back and shoulders. Yeah. It's all fleshy, so yeah. it's not as long as a normal alien head, but it's got some of that shape. And its arms are long and it's got a weird little freaky pregnancy belly. It's like if E.T. and a gremlin fucked and then yeah. the ears off. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's like work Alpha as 5 an in the live action Power Rangers movie. Oh, Christ. That's what the Alpha aye, 5 design reminded me of. Like it, it's the newborn from Alien Resurrection. It looks... It's partly impressive and partly terrible. Yeah. And it gets one of the most hilarious deaths in oh cinema God. history. It gets sucked out of a hole into... Oh now, the ending God. of this film changes based on which version you're watching. In the original theatrical version, what's the ending? The original theatrical version... Um, What's left of the crew, which I think is Ron Perlman, yeah. wheelchair guy, Ripley 8, and Cole. Yeah. Drift off into space onto the next thing. With no, no, they, they, they set a course for Earth. Is that the theatrical no, version? No, In both versions, okay. the, sh- the ship that they're on <clears throat> crashes into Earth. Right, They okay. escape in the... Um, theatrical... In, in the, oh, the... The pod. In the, the, in the pirate ship. Yeah. The, the oh, that's it. Yeah, they, they 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 crash land the ship to make sure any trace of any alien life on it is going to die. Yeah, the, the big ship, which is not guaranteed. While they let's all, be honest. While they all escape in the, the, pirate, in ship. the pirate ship, yeah, and then they watch it crash and, and burn. That's the ending in both versions. Okay, yeah, but was, one of them has that shot ending. with them sat in Paris, though, doesn't it? Or is that in both of them? Because well, I'm sure one of them ends with a shot of them like. In the wreckage no, of Paris, no, you see, you see, you see the wreckage of Paris as they descend. Because they imply that the, either something. Oh no, hang on. Is it one of them implies that something had already happened to Earth, and one of them implies that basically Paris is fucked because uh, they well, just crashed well, a well, ship into it. 
uh, one of them implies Paris is fucked because they haven't tipped him, but there's also a line earlier on from Ron Perlman just called it a shithole. Right, so there's an implication that. Yeah. Because it's a shithole. There's an implication that Earth is fucked, which sucks because that's not really the story of the alien films, is it? Earth is screwed. But I think it's just a case of like over pollution and overpopulation and resources being tight and stuff. So that's with a few face crabs, you know? Yeah. Just shake things up. Exactly. Um. Earth, man, I'd rather stay here with things. Um, oh, Ron Perlman's great in that movie, though, because he's Ron Perlman. Dumbest moment in the movie, for my um, money. The guy, who I always remember just because he's Wesley from Dead Old Movie, um, the guy killing the dude who turns, or the military dude who turns hostile on them by feeling that his chest burst is about to come out. So he holds the guy's head to his chest. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you mean best moment in the movie? And the chest burst of bursts not, not only out of his chest, but through the skull of the human being in yes, front of him. It's awesome. There is a prolonged like 30 seconds of this <laughs> thing wriggling around, and then they get shot by the others. Well, there's that kill moment it. where, they, where they, they look at it, they yeah. look at what's happening in front of them, then they look at each other. And then they start fucking unloading on it. It's fucking great. It's so weird because it's like. When did this become a comedy? Yeah, it's almost like the whole film is just all the characters going. Is this really happening? Yeah. Is is any of this actually? Is this is this what's actually going on? Actually, no. Okay, no. I'll give you that. Dumbest moment of the movie is the 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 gun bloke, the dreadlock guy, um, deciding to let himself plummet and die because a dead alien is clinging to his shoe, when with his guns. Even if you can't shake it off his foot, you could just shoot the arm yeah, of the thing clean. He's, he's already been burnt by the acid at that point. Has he? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He's got well... he's got face burns, uh, but you you I think it's implied that that's just the start of of his injuries. Oh, there we go. Uh, shoot it off your foot, then go into the water. It should hopefully wash the acid out of your wounds. Climb back up. That's not how acid works. Come when away you... with some cool ass scars. Yes. yes <laughs> um, I'm a scientist. So, yeah. Matt and Chris will continue their alien discussion in part two next week. Alien. Part two. Electric Boogaloo. So, yeah. This gives you a week to watch those four movies and read upon some shit and watch some more shit and play some shit. Um, yeah, because next week we're going to talk about Covenant. Covenant. We're going to talk a bit about Prometheus. Yeah. And I'm going to unload my Aliens Expanded Universe sack onto your face. Oh, I can't wait. And then, to polish it off, we'll have a sniff of the turd that is the AVP adaptations. Um, mm. Mm, you know, I, I dug out my PSP last week. Do you remember? I found, oh, yes, I found I it. And I I found out that I have a pretty decent UMD collection. Uh, that was... Um, Universal Media Disc for the show. wasn't very universal because you only play the fucking things on a PSP. Yeah. Um, so, but I, that was I, a bit of a fucking misnomer, wasn't it? I had the Red Dwarf Smegups UMD, which was all the Smegups plus a load of Red Dwarf bonus features. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, League of Gentlemen Series 1 and Mighty Boosh Series 1. Not bad. Um, good work, good work. My games were atrocious. I had the Family Guy game. I had Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfect. Fuck yeah. PSP no, port. Fucking I had hell. Spider-Man Friend or Foe PSP port. And I had Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, the mo- the game of the movie. Better than the movie, but we'll talk about that next week. Your emails are giving them to me. Work on the rhythm uh, and talk about the BBC TV show Doctor Who.
Matt and Chris, two Doctor Who fans, reluctantly talk about Doctor Who in this case. Knock, knock. Episode 4 of the latest season of Doctor Who, BBC TV's Doctor Who 13 whole episodes in 2016. Mitchell. Not Mitchell. Writes in with a message of ultimate supremacy. <laughs> Fair enough. He says, hello little undamned podcast proprietors and variations notwithstanding. May I just say that your podcast is truly delicious. That's not how the song goes. Like a battered cod with chips swimming in vinegar on an early late Sunday afternoon evening. You just can't let your mind up, can you, Mitch? Um, <laughs> listening to this podcast is a highlight of my week, and I am honoured by its presence on the YouTube. So thank you ever so much, Chris and Matt. Also, can we get Matt doing his Tom Monty impression at least once a week, because it's amazing. If Tom Monty emails in. out to be a permanent fixture of the show. I don't know why, but it immediately made me think of Jeffrey Beaver's voice from the big finish <laughs> of Doctor Story Master, just because of how creepy, ironically funny it is. So, Cheerio, and thank you for talking about the things so, I like. Your artificial sweetener. Mitchell. Before we go any further, in your uh, Tom Monty... I can't do the Tom Monty voice. Oh, no, he has emailed him. In your Tom Monty voice, could you just say, a new body at last? A new body at last. It's beautiful. Thank you, Matthew. Oh, God. Samuel Johnson. Not Samuel Johnson of Johnson & Johnson, Esquire. Says, hello, big damn renegade time lads. Time lads. So what do you call us? Whatever happened to the time lads. Um, My question is, how do I get... (laughs) My question is, how do I get into Buffy and its spin-offs, as I have never seen it, but would like to? Cheers and have us some milk, two sugars, Samuel Johnson. Good news. How do you get into Buffy? You just... Get into Buffy. Yeah. Good news, you don't have that many spin-offs to contend with either. Yes. Just no, the one. You've only got Angel, really. Um, I would I would recommend um, start with an open mind. Watch series one. It's very 90s, sometimes painfully it's so. It's 12 episodes, though, isn't uh, it? It's 12, yes, yeah, 12 eps. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. You get the gist of it. You get the rhythm of the show. You get to know, especially, the four central characters. Yeah. Series two, if you're not sold by then series one, series two is where it hits its like its confidence Uh, just go for it just start with series one enjoy the fluff enjoy the fun sci-fi horror like concepts and scenarios Uh, and series two is is where shit gets real Um, it's great just just go for it Uh, watch I would recommend watching all of Buffy once through before you even think about starting Angel because I think you should just watch Buffy and get it out of the way yeah yeah then with Angel, either just start it, uh, you'll know when it starts in relation to Buffy, you'll figure it out yeah, quite yeah. easily. Or, if you enjoyed Buffy so much, rewatch Buffy, and as you're rewatching, start watching Angel when you get to that point. So when you start Series 4 of Buffy, have a Buffy episode, then an Angel episode. Buffy, have a Buffy Angel, have Buffy, an Angel. Angel. Have a Buffy, have, have an, an Angel. Angel. Have a Buffy sandwich? Have an angel sandwich. Sandwich Buffy between two angels. Sandwich angel between two Buffies. It's all your dreams come true. With a sprinkling of spike for dipping. Yeah, there's no trick. Just just give it a watch. Just go for it. It's freaking great. It's my. Um, it's still to this day my favourite TV show. So, uh, I don't know if that at all means anything. But if it does, there you go. So, Luke. Not Luke. Yes, Luke. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. Hey guys, been listening since the start. Hey Luke! And for some reason haven't submitted any so far. In 46 episodes! This week's questions have a music theme, and I have answered each one myself. He's literally answered 
his own questions. Luke, you are like the cheat page of an exam. What are your favourite songs from the Buffy musical? Once more with feeling. <laughs> Buffy question. Um, I, I, his answer is standing, and I've got a theory. Ooh, um, in terms of karaoke styley, uh, freaking love, rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace is great. Uh, because it's just, it's just great. Um, uh, oh god, I've got a theory. It's pretty cool. I really like what you feel, sweet song. Yeah. Um, in terms of the episode itself. Uh, the ending, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but like the, 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 doom, 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 like the one where everyone gets everything out in the finale is really, really good. But it's a tie for Under Your Spell, uh, Tara, yeah, yeah. and Standing Giles, because then you also get the bonus of those two having a, having a duet where those two songs mm. tie together. Because Amber, uh, Amber Benson and, Tony Head have beautiful singing voices and it's really nice to hear. Bonus points for They Got the Mustard. Ah, they got the mustard. Because oh. that song in itself, that 15 second thing is basically a prequel to Doctor Horrible. It's like I, that tone becomes its own thing later. I really like Rest in Peace. It's so, it's just grungy and dirty, isn't it? Yeah, James um, Masters owns it. I also really really like how clever some of the wordplay is in uh, Anya and Xander's I'll never tell. I'll never tell. Yeah. And the, the the jolliness of it is just, it's very... It's the kitschy one. It's the kitschy yeah, number. Yeah, it's the kitschy yeah. one. Um, which I quite like. And also um, foreshadows the horrible bit later in the season. The whole like, I've read this tale, there's a wedding yeah. and betrayal and I'll become the day I want to run and hide. You're like, odd lyric. And then later in the series you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no. They dark places they do. That wedding day episode um, is really odd. Uh, what are your favourite Monty Python songs? <laughs> His are Finland and I like Chinese. Finland is great. Um, I'm a sucker for the stuff from the films. Uh, so the Universe song, the Galaxy song. That's Universe great, itself. Yeah. I keep on expanding and expanding in all the directions it comes with. Um, and the openings to Life of Brian. Brian! The man they call Brian. It's just like full on, like Bond level, Shirley Bassey, like ballad. How about you? What um, about you? Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Isn't it lovely? I tossed off recently in the Caribbean. That's a good one. It's a good one. So, it's very good. Because we tried to cut to have it on. Um, swear have a stiffy. It's divine. Um, the tiniest little tadpole to the world's biggest clo- brick. Closely followed by Christmas in Heaven. Meaning of Life's my favourite Python film. Meaning of Life's great. I love that movie. It's so dark. It's how you do. It's, it's so how you do sketch show as feature yeah. film. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, what's next? What's next? Uh, guilty favourite cringy song. Um, His answer is "Let's Go to the Mall," which is Robin's song from *Harry Potter*. Oh, okay. Um, I so far own the complete works of Katy Perry. I would say some of it is cringeworthy. Yeah. I still enjoy every damn bit of it. I'm a sucker for a Katy Perry song. As bland and generic as some can be, there are others that are pretty cool. Um, <laughs> the two Stan Bush tracks on the Transformers movie soundtrack. <laughs> the Touch and Dare. Uh... I don't think they're guilty pleasures, though, because you've got that added bonus of, of being a fan of Transformers. Yeah, so they're, they're so, so, like, synth-80s camp. Fair play. They're fucking <laughs> great, and I love them. But they are as like, oh, that is, that is, you got, Unironically love it. I, mm. I I once owned uh oh god, what was her name? Right. Not not this one, the younger sister. 
Who was the actress, unquote, who was also a singer and a reality TV star who was in Starsky and Hutch and other things? Jessica something. Jessica Simpson? Jessica Simpson. Her younger sister, Ashley Simpson. Okay. Her so music... Ashley with two E's. I think so. Yeah. Her music was pretty terrible. I owned Pieces of Me, which I think was her second album. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. This was your favourite yeah. TV theme tune. Um, yeah. His answer is Community or Buffy. Oh, Buffy is a great theme tune. Doctor Who, because it's so unusual. It is very unusual. Although, oh God, recently I realised I think my favourite TV theme tune actually is probably the first Red Dwarf theme tune. The one that no one likes. Mm. That is quite good. Because it just sets that really odd tone. Like, it sets the bleak, oh my God, my life is meaningless, I'm going to die alone on this ship tone that the first two series has. Yes. Uh, closely followed by Hitchhikers. Oh, I would say. Who's that? We think we're talking about this the week. Who's that from? It's from someone's song. It's. I'll search it up. I'll search it up. I'll search it up. Mine is. I like both of Ramin Dvadi's TV themes. Game of Thrones and Westworld. His theme for Westworld is amazing. And if you've not heard it, I will play it to you after we've done on this podcast. You it's better. Gorgeous. You better, you better, you better, you it's better, you better. Gorgeous. Ah, uh, it's uh, The Eagle's Journey of the Sorcerer. It's a, it's a chunk of the of that song, which is just an instrumental. Um, but it's so good. Um, yeah, oh, that's good. That's good questions, man. Uh, Jean- writing more. Writing again. Jean-Luc. <laughs> Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. says, hello, big damn bro. Hello, Jean-Luc. Who is you expecting Santa Claus? Alright, knock it off, Michael. Michael. <laughs> Hello, uh, Jean-Luc. Uh, my question for you is: How are you all feeling about Series Ten so far? And are you enjoying Bill and Doctor's dynamic? My original question was: What do you, was going to be? What do you think, guys? Involved but from the end of Knock Knock? Mm, pardon me. Lovely, lovely. From work. the end of Knock Knock, it's probably just going to be Missy, Missy again. Before we get into that. Here are Jean-Luc's reviews for Series 10 so far. The pilot, fun, fresh, and a great introduction to Bill's character, 7.5 out of 10. Smile, simple, easy to follow story, and surprisingly enjoyable, even the ending was a bit rushed, 8 out of 10. <clears throat> Thin Ice. Thin Ice is probably in my top three Capaldi stories. I love the Doctor and Bill throughout, and also liked how I approached the issue of racism. Even if it had a few recycled ideas, it didn't take away from my enjoyment, 9 out of 10. Knock Knock. I found not not to be quite underwhelming. I was expecting so much more from this episode. I didn't care about any of the side characters and the pacing was all over the place. Even with David Suchet's amazing performance and the twist at the end, this was nothing special. Six out of ten. Thanks for the awesome podcast, guys. Your sunshine! John Luke Harry. Um, John Luke. Um, I, yeah, Matthew and Christopher talk about Knock Knock. That was alright. Uh, I, okay. I don't think it was... It, it was I a don't definite think it... come down from Thin Ice. Yeah. Thin Ice has been the high point of Capaldi's run so far, I'd argue. It's one that will, it's one, Knock Knock is one that will be murdered on on repeat viewings, I think. Yeah, because yeah. the twist, though effective, I think it's only effective simply because it's something you don't expect, and David Suchet plays it so oh, well. Oh man, David Suchet's great in this episode. But yeah. knowing that, going through the previous 40 minutes, you might be like, hang on, there's probably a better solution here. There's and, probably... and I think there's an argument there. It was like, yeah. should should people be, should they be writing episodes for repeat viewings or should they just be writing them for like, oh yeah, you see this once and that's like, is it disposable well, television? Yeah. Well, we've talked before about how like Russell T. Davis, at least with the series finales in particular, tended to write event TV. Yeah, exactly. Which is really effective on the night but under repeat viewings uh, doesn't necessarily hold doesn't up. Doesn't hold up in certain ways. Yeah. 
Um, like end of time really doesn't hold up in certain ways for a lot of people but at the same time I can still enjoy it like I can still watch it and enjoy it whereas with Knock Knock I think I'd be thinking too much about what we know about the ending Uh, and again it's that thing that starts to annoy me which we've talked about before like it's just Doctor Who has done it too much for me in recent years which is the it's the misunderstood monster which I'm fine with but I really Doctor Who is a show where I really like it's baddies and I'm missing baddies Mm. Um, even Thin Ice had a misunderstood monster, but there was still a there villain. There was a proper baddie in yeah, there. Yeah, so like... And uh, he gets punched in the face and it was great. Yeah, so to find out Suchet's not a baddie is, it sucks really, in a way. But there was still peril because even though our new characters were saved, uh, there were still like five generations of previous tenants who'd been converted into matter and devoured. So there was threat, there was Rawr. death. I was fine with that. Or actually, I can't. I was fine with that. Random. <laughs> you and your George mm. Sanders. Delightful. <laughs> you're a sporting chance. You've got, feels, to count, you've got to count to ten and give him a sporting just, chance to just, run. It just feels like you've got a mouthful of chocolate when you say that. I it's know. gorgeous. It feels like you just, uh, you just suck mm. something alcoholic and rare, and then you've got some chocolate. And then you bite the head off of Christopher give Robin. A chance to run. <laughs> um, oh, God. What a pussy. Tie a twig to his tail and he shits himself. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, yeah, I think Not Not won't hold up to repeat viewings. But I enjoyed it on the night, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't the, think it was a bad episode. Maybe. The makeup uh, and monster effects work on the... Uh, I can't remember her name now, but the lady... The again, woman, like, woman. Head to toe yeah, thingy. Yeah. Looked gorgeous. Yeah. And then when you saw what she actually looked like, she had quite a distinct face. Like she had a yeah. very distinct long profile and long nose. So then to see to see the the wooden version again after that flashback, you're like, oh my god, that's incredible because yeah, that yeah. looks sort of like a a fairy tale version of the lady underneath. Exactly, that's brilliant. So I'm like, it's nice that we saw the two versions. Uh, I like, I do kind of like the idea of the bugs. Yeah, but it's just you know, it's a shame that it adds to the misunderstood monster thing again in a way. Uh, although the visual of the guy half in the wall was really freaky. Yeah, there's some nice creepy visuals in there. Yeah, Capaldi was a lot of fun. Like, and the people being swarmed in bugs and then just collapsing. Yeah, that, that was, was quite cool. nice visual. Um, I, ju- I, just, I just hope that uh, with... I, I believe the next three episodes, according to Doctor Magazine, the next three episodes form a loose trilogy. Oh, okay. And they have... I don't think they have the same villain, but there is a villain... There is a monster that runs throughout all three. Is it the Ice Warriors? Uh, no, <laughs> that's later in the season. Is um, it? It's going to be the Master, isn't it? No. Because that's who's going to be in the vault. Uh, no, they're called the Monks. The Monks. They're those things that look like ripped-off pyrovile in the trailers the things in the red robes oh. with the stony faces okay um the, uh, they're connected to I, mean, I, think, I think the idea of the, I think the idea of the next story is cool but it almost feels like it belongs in dead space rather than Doctor Who the idea oh. that the suits have killed them and yeah, the bodies yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a zombie story without zombies oh, like their corpses in the suits right that's quite cool but I hope there's a villain I hope it's not just like oh the technology has gone wrong yeah, and me, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the one. oh cool oh shit the spacesuit you bought me is a present. It's going to kill me. It is, it is. Oh, um, uh, at least I died doing what I loved. Pissing in my clothes. Lewis Christian. Let's oh, see if there's a view. We... Must we endorse those let's, views? Let's see if this is a view we may or may not endorse. I'm going to unzip my fly and because prepare to endorse it. This is the view. Oh, shite. Colin Baker is in the vault, demanding a takeaway every night. That will be all. <laughs> <laughs> Like to be fair, if you were locked in a vault and you're you're the people who are 
like keeping you locked in there or at least feeding you, you would push them to bring you an exercise bike, yeah, a games console, and constant takeaways. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna keep me in here, I've got to keep trim. I've got to keep my mind awake, and I'm gonna have food that's a treat. Yeah, I'll say this because I mentioned in the earlier email. I really hope the thing in the vault isn't Missy, because it would be a bummer. Simply because, I mean, for people who don't like Missy, extra bummer. But like, it'd be a bummer because we know she's in the series. She's in the trailer. I would rather it be something that isn't in the trailers. John I don't Sim. want it to be John, but I don't want it to be John Sim. I don't want it to be Missy. I want it to be something that's not in the trailers. I think because, because the way they, if he's keeping John Sim in the vault, to stop her from becoming Missy, stop him from becoming Missy. Well, somehow, maybe, but I just, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think. That but it's going to be the mask. If, if like, that's, it's, I know it's it will, be. it'll be suck, it'll suck if it is because if it's something that we've already seen, we know in the series, it's no surprise. Do you know what I mean? I mean is there anyone else he talked to like that himself? <laughs> Don't, I'm not, I'm not. There is down, a weird theory. I'm but... not going down the David Bradley path. <laughs> okay, ooh, dirty. Uh, the David Bradley gun path. <laughs> the David Bradley path. Oh, God. Well trodden as it is. You wait, you, you, you're about to set off at the top of it, David Suchet appears and says, <laughs> you signed the contract. You must walk the path. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, Suchet was lovely in it, I'll say that. Yeah, he But was I want it to be something that's not in the trailers, because it has to be a surprise, because ironically Moffat's opening episode did the worst job of the vault like it did the worst thing with it because it was just sort of like what is that thing oh it's not really important episode 3 and 4 did something really cool with its stinger and if this is the series arc that's how you do it at the end of each episode you tease your viewer a bit more about what the hell is in there not Um, and not in not just by having someone in a frock in a garden yeah. <laughs> well, well, I could have, you know, I've got, I've, I've, I've got a copy of the original Draft of Deep Breath, and it was very different, the yeah. ending. And it was a bit weirder. But, um, yeah, that's another thing for another time. But, um, oh. but it's, 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 if it was something that we know is in it, either an actor or something from the trailers, it's a waste of a surprise. It needs to be something they've kept under wraps. Do you know what I mean? Like, that would be more impressive. So if it is Colin Baker, um, with a Just Eat account, that would be amazing. Demanding takeaway every night. Well, if you're going to keep me in here, you may as well bring me some Taiwanese. <laughs> That's not what they call it, Colin, isn't it? Well, I'll have some whatever something with noodles, noodles and egg. <laughs> Thai. Excuse me while I play this piano. <laughs> this next one comes in from Canon Smallwood. <laughs> <laughs> So he survived then. Clearly. Both, both Clearly. versions of him survived. Clearly. Um, Mr. Magister. I have written you a song to be sung to the tune of If You're Happy and You Know It. Shit it out. Clap your hands. Oh, fuck right off. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Hit me. Sing I to me, Matthew. sat down on Saturday to watch Knock Knock. I sat down on Saturday to watch Knock Knock. I sat down on Saturday and I put me porn mags away. <laughs> I sat down on Saturday to watch Knock Knock. I'm glad you put away the dirty mags for a family show. I was very frustrated at Knock Knock. I was very frustrated at Knock Knock. I was very frustrated, felt like I had been castrated. I was very frustrated at Knock Knock. What transmitted on my screen was total balls. What transmitted on my screen was total balls. What transmitted on the night, it was absolutely shite. Yes! What transmitted on my screen was total balls. Okay, that was great. My review has now come to its end. My review has now come to its end. 
The app was absolutely wank, and if I'm really being frank, my review has now come to its end. Beautiful, succinct, musical, I love it. Okay. And it's a no from me, I'm afraid. <laughs> if people want to review things from now on in song, go for it. That was great. That was really good. Hot damn, sir. Hot damn. Jesus wept, that's a big old email. It's Tom. Tom Monty. Oh, God. Could Tom speak in his voice but slightly quicker? Because that's a big paragraph. <laughs> I'm giving up for Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the eighth wonder of the world, Thomas Monty. Howdy, Big Dan Christopher and Big Dan Matthew. How has your week been? Anything stand out in particular for both of you? <laughs> knock, knock. What can I say, really? In contrast to last week, this will be short and sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I felt bad for Mr. Landlord. I wasn't a fan of the students apart from Paul. Paul's cool. And the line that I appreciated the least this week was, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Out of here. Also, what was the deal with the whole binaural experience they seem to promote online? To be honest, I watched it on iPlayer and it sounded like any other episode. I think you meant to do it with headphones and no. I read, I read some about that. That would that would that would that would be yeah. Binaural you need to you need to have like closed sound. Maybe Tom, ma- maybe Tom did. It, it, but it also depends what the sound tran- how the sound's transmitting on um on iPlayer because it would need to be in the right uh, mix. Yeah. And if it's just like stereo two point oh channel mix, it's not going to come through because yeah. But I have no idea what that was. So anyway, oh, uh, Tom's talking. <clears throat> so what did you guys make of Knock Knock? Any standout moments? I think we've covered that. Um, who? What do you think is in the vault now after this week's advancement in that storyline? Personally. Other than the obvious candidates, I think it's a future version of the Twelfth Doctor, and it will tie in with his regeneration somehow. That's not a bad theory. That's not a bad show. That's not a bad theory. I like that. If you've seen all the Series 10 episode titles, (coughs) what upcoming title excites you the most, based purely on the title? I haven't seen any of the other episode titles. I've read them, but... can't remember what they are, to be honest. Um, I'm happy to be surprised. Yeah, as long as they're better titles than Oxygen, which is the title of the next one. I Fair enough. Really good, though. I like single-word titles. That's because you're a dirty bugger. I am. I am a dirty man. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Non-Doctor Who-related questions. <laughs> Have you got a date? Slash. Any hints? As to when the Black Mirror Series 2 Big Damn Love will be airing on the channel. What makes you think we're doing a Big Damn Love on Series 2 of Black Mirror? Mm. I thought I might at some point, actually. Oh, damn it, Christopher. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, be right back, one of my Treat them mean and keep them keen. Um, Chris, when can we expect your favourite Doctor slash favourite episode list to video to go up? Uh, yeah, over on my YouTube channel, I put up to a vote. Uh, people had to give thumbs up if they wanted Doctors ranked, and they had to comment top ten eps if they wanted top ten eps of the modern series, and Doctors ranked one outright, so it'll be in the next week. 
That's all I'm saying. You'll get the video in the next week. Finally. Any predictions as to where season three of Rick and Morty is headed after watching episode one? Uh, probably to Adult Swim at some point in the near future. <laughs> and do you believe that we will truly be getting nine more seasons? Shit. Considering all the all the <laughs> arguments that they went through, that Justin Roiland and Dan Hammond went through to get this series out... I'd be surprised if we get one more season. Yeah, I think um, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if series three was the end of it. Yeah. Because, like, did you see the pictures of the merch that is going to be coming out? Yeah. Like, action yeah. figures and, like, yeah. collect some collectibles. I think, I think it's outgrown them at this yeah. point. Yeah, and I think they would, I think they would close it off before it spiraled. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't put it past the fourth season, but I, 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 I think, I, I cap think it. they might end it while they're ahead. Rather, than be, yeah. be, because I think they've had some such difficulty getting this season. I mean, they've, they've talked about it, they've had some really, really difficulties getting this season done because it was it's, it's like it's a year late, more or less. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, considering they, they expanded the team and everything, yeah, like it, it should have been out so, quicker. Um, and a lot of it was to do with scripts and everything, wasn't it? And yeah. sort of disputes that they were having, and they, they got to that point where they didn't want to hate each other, so they had to talk for longer, and yeah. And all that stuff, and and also add on to that. I think I think the show will close up in the next year, either either during the production of series four or after series four. Yeah, and it will happen because either Nintendo will send them free stuff, which is a seed <laughs> they planted in. Um, <laughs> See, they planted. When did they plant that series? Series two. Um, yeah, in the the, the uh, brain parasite episode. Yeah, they planted that seed. Uh, or McDonald's will briefly bring back Szechuan sauce. Yes, France. And because of that, they'll go. Our mission is accomplished. We are ending the show. We got one of the two things we wanted. We are done. www.100yearsreckonmorty.com. Um, <laughs> have a hunky dory week. Damonte. I would be surprised if any of our audience got that joke. It's <laughs> the second young Frankenstein bit I've read in the last ten minutes. I love it. Someone has to get it. Never change. Damn your eyes! I showed it to Kiki for the first time. Too late. <laughs> She said the first time this week. She, she hadn't seen it before, so I showed it to her. So um, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Gene Hackman is the blame. That's the entire segment. Cigars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to make espresso. Well... <laughs> Now that we've alienated our younger listeners, oh. join us next week for part two of our alien nonsense, including our Netflix. Go and watch Young Frankenstein, you fools! It is amazing. Um, um, so we'll see you next week for more alien nonsense, plus our review of Covenant. We're also obviously going to talk about Doctor Who Oxygen. Uh, we might even get our dick, dicks out, who knows? Uh, I mean, maybe we did this week. You'll never know. You will never tell. You just did. <laughs> Your plan has failed, Christopher. How do you plead?
I plead guilty of producing weekly content on the Big Damn channel on YouTube. You can also catch us at Big Damn Cast on Twitter. That's at Big Damn Cast. And if you want to catch everything in a great big stream of consciousness, you can go to thebigdamblog.tumblr.com. Of course, you can get in touch anytime during the week. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. <clears throat> Your Honor. Objection. No, the just doesn't do that, does he? No. <laughs> no? Didn't know where to go with that. I just thought I'd see where the court legal <laughs> took me. Um, oh, God, it would be proof, if any, that you've never been to court. I've actually never been to court. I have been to court. And uh, we'll leave you on one simple note. Uh, Matt, what's your PS2 cheat of the week? <laughs> okay, PS2 cheat of the week. Matt's PS2 cheat of the week. Are the level codes? Oh shit! For War of the Worlds, get a pad and, pad and paper and a pad, pen and a pad. Put my glasses on. It's a very small print. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, just, get, just getting them on. Just, just getting them on. Just putting them, just putting them right on. There we go. There we go. Glasses on. Glasses on. I can't be sunglasses. I can't actually read them. Level two. X X X square triangle X square square. Level three square X X triangle circle 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 triangle. Level four circle circle square square triangle X triangle circle. Can I ask you a quick question? How many levels has this this game got? Fourteen. Fuck. Triangle 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 square circle triangle X. Square circle, oh, triangle, triangle, circle, square, x square. I wonder if I started drinking. Level seven. <laughs> circle, triangle, square, 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 I miss my triangle, family. triangle.